Welcome to the Postcast. Um, today, we're doing a little something different. Uh, it will be the panel edition of the Postcast. Uh, we have four former NBA guys here to talk about the season that's going on right now, as well as other topics and things that's going on in the NBA. And we're going to get started uh, uh, first. Uh, we have TJ Ford joining us today. Uh, we also have Eton Thomas. We have Antoine Walker. And we got James Big Game Posey, uh, who is the star of the show. And he's going to go ahead and lead us off. But before he does, before he does, I want to remind everyone to please uh, listen to all the pods powered by basketballnews.com on all your favorite listening platforms. Now, that's, that's the way. Go ahead, Pose. Go ahead and take us off. What up, J-Mo? What up, Twan, TJ, Eton? What's up, fellas? What's, What's up, baby? What's up? What up? What's going on? <laughs> Man, let me start out <laughs> shouting out my boy, Ron Face. Huh? Eton, welcome. T, what's up? Sir. You got two ball head guys on there, too. Okay, shit. <laughs> I see me and Tom hold it down with some hair over there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my man, Ron Faison or whatever. Appreciate the, the, the hoodie right here. I made you out what I play you. Ron Faison, I appreciate the love, my man. So we're here. We're talking basketball. You know what I'm saying? We had a, a bubble season last year. You know what I'm saying? So now this year is not a bubble. Teams are playing in their arenas. And so now we're trying to get a good feel for how the season going to go and who's going to end up on top and are the Lakers going to defend. So we'll start off. We'll talk about the Chicago Bulls. You know, they got a new mm-hmm. coach in Biddy Donovan. And right now they're 4-4. Four four. You know, they keep players. You know what I'm saying? They got uh, Zach Levine. And then they got the young boy marketing. Uh, what y'all feel about? I know Twine, you in Chicago. Mm. What's the buzz around there? How the city feeling about the Bulls? Um, the city's feeling really good because um, they finally switched management up top. Um, the city's had a you know kind of a dark cloud over them with, with Gar Foreman and John Paxson uh, running the team for so long. So they got obviously different management, um, new new front office, and then Billy Donovan coming in now. The, the Bulls have actually looked surprisingly very good early on in the season. Um, they have an identity now a little bit. They're shooting the three um, like other teams that in the league do. They're shooting 43s a game. And they're actually playing with a situation now where the guys know their role. Uh, Zach Levine just had a breakout game the other day. Um, Larry Marketing, uh, Wendell Carter, these guys are shooting threes. And they lottery pick. Um, they pick fourth, a guy who's off the bench with Florida State. And watch out for him. I'm going to be the first one to say this. Um uh, Watch out for him. He's going to be a very, very good player in this league. A lot of people don't know about him, and, and a lot of people raise the question their pick at number four. But Patrick Williams is, is going to be really, really good. That's good. It sounds good over there. I know they got some good, some good guards over there uh, in, uh, in, uh, in with the Bulls. TJ, I know you've been peeping. What you feel about their guard play over there with the young boy having some years under his belt? I mean, when you look at the Kobe White kid, I mean, he had success last year, you know, as a player, and he had some big games. And then when you look at a guy who they brought in, a Billy Donovan, a, a guy who's proven that he can take um, young talent and develop that talent to a, another level. So I think with his college background and his success that he had in OKC, him taking that to Chicago with that young talent that they had and, and growing uh, into one piece, um, I, I think you're seeing a record being like you said, four and four this early on in the season. And I think, uh, you know, the Bulls is a team that, that's going to be scary at the end because you got Levine, you got shooters, you got length down low with, with all the bigs. And 
Um, I think over the course of the season, I mean, Chicago is a good team for the future. And I think Billy Donovan is going to – I mean, he, he's showing you the growth that those guys are having in the first – you know, before the first 10 games of the NBA season. Hey, Eton, you know I, – I know you love your big man, and I understand that. <laughs> so what do you think about the big fella, uh, Wendell Carter? I like Wendell Carter. You know, I think I think he I think he's going to continue to improve. Um, you know, I, they they're they're a team that I wouldn't say struggling for identity, but they're rebuilding their identity. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how they grow. I think it's kind of go going to go one way or the other with them as the season progresses. I don't think it's really going to be a middle ground. Either they're going to do well or they're not going to do well. And mm-hmm. it, it's you know I think they have some. I like their backcourt. I like Kobe White. I'm a big fan of his. Zach Levine. We know he can play. Um, it'll just be see. We just have to see how they all develop and how they grow. Like I said, it's kind of. I guess it's, you would say this is a rebuilding year for them, right? It's rebuilding year, so we'll just have to see how, coach, how yeah. right. We'll see how everything comes together. Yeah, so I mean, because we know what uh, Billy did in uh, OKC, so now he got a you know a, a new crop of young talent over there, and then of course you know to, to implement his system and things like that. So it should be it should be interesting to see. So it, it, you can say it's a rebuilding, but they they got some pieces over there, right? Right. Now, we'll that see. being said, um, you know, the Bulls, like you guys mentioned, they are rebuilding, but they have some decisions to make. Laurie Markkinen is going to be up for an extension soon. And also Zach Levine. We all know uh, he's up for an extension or they're going to have to end up moving him or he may leave as a free agent. If you guys are making the decisions in Chicago, what would y'all do? And I'll start with Eton first. Well, I like Zach Levine. You know what I mean? You, you have to see what he um, is going to command, but he, he's going to command quite a bit. So you have to make a decision. So if you don't, if if you if, say you start rebuilding and you start gaining momentum and stuff like that and playing better this year, and then you lose Zach Levine, then you're gonna start all over. You know what I mean? I mean, they, it, it'll be interesting to see what they what what they do, but um, that's the decision they have to make. You know, we'll see. And I think a lot of that <laughs> depends because we we had that situation here with the Wizards where we weren't winning yet here, but they had to resign Bradley Beal. You know what I mean? So could they let him go and start all over even though they weren't winning? Or do they just sign him and then start building from there? And I think that's the situation that Chicago's going to be in. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're going to, you know, necessarily turn around immediately. So they're going to have to make that decision on Zach Levine. He's a star player, so they're going to have to pay the man. Go ahead, Tuan. Well, I think one living in Chicago and having to see how things have gone in the last four or five years with the Bulls. Unfortunately, surprisingly, you know, being this great city. Um, this is not a free agency. Free agents don't come to Chicago. Um, they, this is not a free agent destination where, where guys think about, hey, I want to go to Chicago and play. So with the Bulls, they got to be really smart. And I think you have to re-sign those guys. Um, you can't continue to try to get into the free agent market and hope a guy comes there. Um, Zach Levine is probably – last year he could have made the All-Star team. This is a guy that you know, averages 22, 23 points a game. That's very difficult to find that in the league. So if you get a guy that can that can produce like that, and then you also got to remember Zach Levine was a part of that Jimmy Butler trade. So you still want that to pan out. You still want people to say, hey, look, we traded for this guy, and he turns out to be a really, really good player. So you got to resign both of those guys. Um, that's a no-brainer. And you got to start, like I'm um, saying, you got to start the process now of building something and get some mainstays. Just unfortunately, it's just not a free agent spot. I don't know, I don't know why people don't want to come to Chicago. It's a big market. Um, it's a sports town, but a lot of free agents don't talk about coming to Chicago. Man, because it's uh, cold. It's real cold quick. out there. You got to dress warm, <laughs> man. Well, not, but the, it's just still Chicago. It's still a major city. Like, why isn't Chicago a main free agent destination? It's an, 
It's in the middle of the country, so you can get to wherever you got to get to in a timely matter. It's a major city that has a lot of stuff to do. Why is not? Why is it in a place people want to go to? Uh, it's, it's tough. I, I I would have to say, and I hate. To, I'm gonna keep it 100. I just believe that you know when you think of Chicago, sometimes it's you know you think about the violence here. That's that's the stuff that gets publicized. A lot of guys want to avoid that. The Bulls have done a good job of putting bringing the Bulls into the city and rebuilding new practice facilities and making them live downtown, putting them in better better places, uh, making the situation a lot better. All that stuff matters. Um, so I, I just think I think that plays a part in it as well. And then you got to, you know, it looks like in this day and age, I'm sure we're going to talk about this as it goes along. Everybody wants to play with their homeboy, their friend. And, you know, I mean, we don't necessarily have those guys that are attracting other guys to come play with. Hey, now that you mentioned that too, now, I mean, we know the history and tradition of the Bulls, you know what I'm saying, winning MJ and stuff like that. Do you think that's that's too much on those, on the free agents or, or players there, like just to come there and, and got to deal with that too? <laughs> Nah, that, that mistake over with. I mean, I think people here respect Michael. They, you know, they, they respect the Bulls team. The Bulls have done a terrific job. Um, a lot of those guys were still hired and around the Bulls. When you think about Scotty Pippen, Horace Grant, Kukoc, they were like ambassadors for the team. But I'm quite sure Scotty's a good friend of mine. Scotty's not working with the Bulls anymore. John Paxson took a step back. Um, so you start to get rid of a lot of the older guys that kind of had that, 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 that little halo over their head. In Chicago, so you can come now and play. They're, Chicago's starving for a new new superstar and a good basketball team. Man, I think you guys are not realizing the impact of Derrick Rose and type of level and type of talent Derrick Rose was. I mean, he was on the level of LeBron James if he was right neck and neck. And I think when you make that trade and get rid of the, the, the heart of the city of Chicago. It's going to take a long time to recover from that. You don't get one of those those players every so often, and he was one of those those game changing athletes and uh, uh, icon in, in in some type of form and fashion. And that's not easy to come after. And we, we're kind of seeing that, you know, wherever LeBron James uh, departs, especially like in the city of Cleveland. That's a great point. I, I do, TJ. I think that's a great point. I think other people look at that. Other players. You, you was a guy, you got hurt before in your career that set you back a little bit. Uh, Derek, you know, over for a couple of years, over a span of two and a half years, he had a couple knee injuries and they kind of lost. They, they didn't, they didn't want to wait in the rebuilding process. So th then you get rid of Luau Dang, you get rid of Joe Kim Noah, you get rid of Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. You get rid of a 65 win team. Um, you fired a coach. I mean, you, you just basically tear the whole organization up and you have to start from scratch. So I do I do agree with you with that, and I think a lot of players do look at that sometimes. And, Tuan, think about this, Tuan. At Derrick Rose's peak, he didn't want to play with other players. That's true. So That's at his peak, when everybody would want to come to Chicago and play in Chicago, Derrick Rose was good enough to handle it by himself. Yeah, the last time you're right, because the last time that he we went to Camelo Anthony was on the market. Melo was here. But you know, Derek was not very vocal um as far as you know recruiting him and wanting to play. He just kind of did it behind the scenes. It wasn't like some of these guys that, you know, in the media trying to get guys to come play with him. So yeah, you are right about that. Derek did want to do it himself, but they had a good team. They were they were a team, and you know, unfortunately, they had to go against the king. <laughs> they couldn't get past the king. It's it's tough when you can't right. get past LeBron James. You know, LeBron, they couldn't get past him. They they had some great battles. They would take LeBron in, you know, six-game series, but they weren't able to get past him.
Definitely. Now, TJ, before we move on to the next team, what are your thoughts on the current Bulls team? I mean, I'm, I mean, they're going in a good direction. I mean, you're seeing it now. I think when you look at young talent and you compare those guys' age to the other superstar guys in the league, I don't think those guys are far off. I think uh, we're just waiting for this torch to be passed. I mean, we'll see what happens with LeBron James, how long he can carry this streak out, and then you got to look what's going on um, in the East with, with Brooklyn now with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So I think if, if if any of these young guys and young talent in the mix, when you look at Boston, you look at what's going on in Minnesota, you look at going on with the Cavs, Atlanta, I think it's a lot of good mix of talent where anybody can really, really take off here. And I, I think the Bulls are going the right direction. And you got some good centerpieces that you can build around, and those guys prove that they can, you know, they can get busy in the NBA for real. So I, I'm like Tom, you got to resign those guys. All right, moving on, going to my home team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and my former team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, right now they're four and three, uh, pretty good. You know what I'm saying? They got the kid uh, in college Sexton. He's been playing lights out. They also got the young boy, uh, Darius Garland. They got my man, Jetty Osman. You know, he's playing. He's stepping up big now that he's getting major minutes, lots on his shoulder. And you can't forget the man in the middle, K-Love. Uh, he's injured right now, but, you know, he's still a man in the morning the man in the middle and he's looking to do big things hopefully this year. So what y'all think about those Cavs and without them making a bubble last season, are they out to prove something? I mean, they got a nice core in those guards that can hold it down on the perimeter. But like I said, they need K-Love to step up and play big as well. What y'all think about that? Um, for me, for Cleveland, obviously I think that this is a rebuilding year. You got a new coach, JB, um, and trying to establish his style. Um, they gave him a short deal, so that, that's always a lot of pressure to know if he has to win right away um, as a coach. But I, I think you just try to establish culture. You try to establish a style. It's a new regime. Um, I think you trade Kevin Love. I believe Kevin Love um, still has got some basketball left. I think he's not motivated. Um, when you go playing for championships and being in the playoffs and the finals, and now you're in the rebuilding mode, and we all have been a part of different teams like this, it's tough to get motivated to play. Um, when you're not playing for much. And um, Kevin Love, I think, is too far along in his career for a rebuilding stage to go back to those Minnesota days where he was putting up huge numbers. So I think you first you you trade him. You got a great backcourt. Um, the league is, is a, is a guard-driven league. So you got you got two guys that can put in the basket. Um, it seems like they're starting to play really good together um, in the backcourt and learning how to play together. Um, they still a ways away. Um, and then they got a decision to make. Uh, we know that that's what Andre Drummond. Do you give Andre Drummond another hundred million dollars in a league that's not really center driven? Etan probably could answer this a lot better with, with 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 Drummond. But the question is, how good is he? Is he is he the you know a young Dwight Howard that's going to block shots, rebound, dominate the paint? We've seen some flashes where he's been great, but is he a guy that you want to you know give a, another max deal to? Um, so they got to figure that out as well. But they're ways away. Probably a couple years from where they need to be. Um, not definitely not a playoff team, but I think they can be very competitive every night. Yeah, I think I think that Drummond, I think I think Drummond, JaVale, McGee, you know, I, I think they could be a little bit more useful on a on a on a little bit of better team, a little bit of team that's a little bit further along um this mm -hmm. point in their career. I think you made a good point about Kevin Love. Um, you know, and sometimes it's good to have a, a, some veterans along with the younger players when you're rebuilding. But I think in this case, um, 
I think they could be a little bit more productive kind of on a team that's further along, to be honest with you. I, um, I think Drummond has a lot left. You know, I don't know about Max and everything like that, but I know that I think that if he was on a team, he would definitely contribute to a to a playoff team. Um, you know what I mean? A team that's really pushing to try to get to that next level, that, 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 that next level. Um, but like I said, they're a young team. They're, you know, you, you want to, with, with a young team, if you're going to go young, go young. That's what I think. You're going to go young, let young players play, you know, try to build and stuff like that. But teams that are like caught in the middle, we have a few young players and then a few vets. And you know what I mean? You don't really know the direction that you're going in and everything like that. That's those are teams that are in limbo. So I figure if they're going to go young and fully rebuild, they should just go all the way young. That's my thought. So, I mean, you you forget, too, they still got Larry Nance Jr. You know, they signed him, you know what I'm saying, to a little deal uh, what, a couple years ago or whatever. So, they, I mean, as far as young bigs, in a sense, that's really their young bigs. So, uh, I mean, he's going to have to rise up to the occasion as well. And like you said, uh, they do have a backcourt. So now it's just – everybody else in the middle to see if they can, like I said, put it together and win some games. K-Love, injury, like I said, you trade them, what do you get for them? You know what I'm saying? And now, like I said, does that set you back in a sense to where <laughs> you have another few years where you sort of rebuild and try to get back to your winning ways? TJ, what you think about the uh, the young kid, Colin Sexton, and Darius Garland? I mean, they got a good backup. I think when you look at, at that situation is which one of these guys are really going to, um, you know, take control of that situation and be a franchise player for that team going forward. I think they both, uh, but I think when you look at it, I think Saxon uh, coming to the league and, and being aggressive kind of reminds me more of like a, a Patrick Beverly type style player. I think that he'll have longevity. You know, obviously he gets in and he defends you. And I, I kind of draw that comparison to, to Patrick Beverly type, but with more of a scoring ability. Uh, but when I look at the other kid, uh, you know, Darius, that, that, that kid, you know, he can shoot the basketball uh, off the bounce, catch and shoot. He doesn't have to have it in his hand all the time. Um, and you look at, you know, the, the Porter kid. I think they got a lot of young pieces just going to determine on how quick can JB, you know, get these guys to play with this intensity and focus where they can play at an elite level to be one of the, you know, top tier of, of upcoming um, young athletes. Um, it, it's definitely in their making um, with the opportunity, but. You know what they what they do with it. I, I think uh, you know I like that they do have some vets as bigs, uh, but I think game wise, I, I think they're gonna have a shot to to fight for the playoff spot for sure. You said you do. You think they got a shot, huh? I, I think all these teams do. I, I think I think the Cavs do. Yeah, uh, but everybody got a shot early in the season, man. Come on, man. Well, I just think <laughs> under, the, under the new rules, though, you get a you get a better opportunity to play to fight for a seed under the new rules. So it's not just eight teams in there. So they, I mean, so under the new rules, it, it gives somebody else an opportunity to, to get, you know, jump into the fire. I got you. I hear you. No, TJ, do you think that um, that backcourt has potential to be like a Dame and CJ out east? You know, you got two guards that can go a uh, little undersized a bit, but they can go. Do you think they have that kind of potential uh, going forward? No, I don't see that in those guys. Um, no, not, not at this, not at this stage. I think what we're finding out with those two guys, they're elite scores, but to be able to perform at a, at a level every night, I think at the beginning of the season, it's really, really tough for, for, for Portland when they should be winning these games. 
But those two guys that we're talking about, Dame Dollar, I mean, that's a Hall of Fame player. He definitely going to end up being in this generation's top 50 player. Those guys got a long way to go. Uh, not saying that they can't be, but I, I don't see it as of today. So TJ giving the Cavs an early playoff prediction. That's one team. That's one team out of the eight. All right, we're going to move on to the Detroit Pistons. Now, I mean, it ain't the bad boys, but they are the Pistons. Uh, Coach Dwayne Casey over there, you know, coming from Toronto, and they're just trying to get the pieces together. Uh, Blake Griffin's been there. Uh, he's been injured. Uh, they've had – uh, you know, some players in and out and not a steady roster full of uh, talent over there. What y'all see for the Detroit Pistons? Where is this going to go? You player-wise or coach-wise, how do you feel about that? I like what, I like what Jeremy Grant's doing. Um, I have to say, I, I've had, you know, I've seen him grow up, so I do have a little bit of bias here with him. You know what I mean? I've seen a young cat grow up, and I, I like how he is coming to his own. I like the way he played last year with Denver. I think it's looked really, really strong. Um, as far as a whole, how the team, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? You know, they're, they're one of those teams where you see little flashes. You see, you know, people who you're rooting for. Like I said, rooting for Jeremy Grant, you know, rooting for Derrick Rose doing everything, this thing. But I don't really know how it's all coming together, to be honest with you. Um, so for them, for me, I would say I'm rooting for individuals. <laughs> that's that's what I would say on there. Detroit's a tricky situation. Uh, Troy Weaver, um, if I'm not mistaken, just took over as a GM there, uh, and, he, and, Troy. He, and he made a he made a ton of moves, and um, not all moves I agree with. Uh, obviously, Jared Grant had a great year. I do agree with you, Etan. I think um, you know he got rewarded well. Denver, Denver, are gonna really realize that they miss him once we get close to the playoffs and, and get their his ability to guard and defend and improving his offensive game. He's a big-time talent, um, and I give him a lot of credit, the work he put in on his game. So they got a steal there. I think that's a good start. Um, then you look at Blake Griffin. He's probably got a hold on the organization right now. I mean, he's making big money. I think he has a couple years left on his deal. It seems like the injuries have took their toll on him. He'll probably never be the same player again. He's became a kind of a three-point shooter um, that demands minutes. I mean, it's tough to sit a, a, a Blake Griffin, a guy who's accomplished so much in his career, and then you got Derrick Rose coming off the bench. He's, you know, so I think they got different personalities on that team. Um, I don't really think they have uh, – I think he's trying to piece, piece piece together. You look at some of the other signings. I mean, Miles Plumley, you take him from, from Denver as well. Um, Jaleel Okafor, you Okafor, take another yeah. guy, you take him. I mean, it seems like he just put together a team. He wanted to put together, put together a more quality team. Um, I don't necessarily know if Dwayne Casey's your coach. Um, we've never seen really Dwayne um, coach team that were less talent than he's had. Um, when he inherited the Toronto Raptors team, that was a very talented team that he, you know, he won 55, 60 games when he was another guy, got caught up in the LeBron James situation, couldn't get yeah. past LeBron James. It was unfortunate for, um, for Dwayne Casey. But um, Detroit, I don't have them as a playoff team. I think they're ways away. I think, you know, you got to give Trey Weaver a chance. It looks like he's willing to spend the money. Um, these were marginal guys in the free agent market, probably besides Jared Grant. And he went out and spent some money on them guys. Um, didn't like the fact he let Luke Kennard go. So it's some moves in there, you know, being that shooting is such a premium in the NBA. So I just think he's trying to figure it out. This is his first time being a GM. 
He's made a lot of moves really quickly, kind of dismantled that roster. So I don't think they'll be a playoff team. I think they'll show flashes and be competitive all season long, but I don't have them doing much this year. Yeah. TJ, I know you have spoken D Rose early. Now he's in, you know, past couple of seasons been in, in Detroit. So the flashes of the old D Rose feels like he's in a good comfort zone and everything. What, what do you uh what do you see from him? His leadership skills stepping up, but is it enough to help those beat help that uh piston team? And I'm just happy to be able to see his 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 strength and his his willpower just uh pushing through all these injuries just for this game that he loves. And I think for him at this point, I think he made a run, try to win a championship and, and get with these guys and see what it would feel like in Cleveland. But I don't think it meshed with all those guys. And I think now when you look at what his role and what, what he's been successful at uh, and, and, and revamping his career is his mentorship uh, on these teams. So I think when you look at uh, Derrick Rose with the Pistons, and what he's doing for the young draft pick that he that they drafted this year, I think he fits into any youth movement with a point guard. I would want Derrick Rose um, right there mentoring that kid. So I, I, I think where he is is at peace. And, you know, I, I love that he's giving that back to the game more than anything. Uh, and I, I think he's back. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I, 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 when he was in Cleveland, you know, he's just a quiet guy. He came in. He worked hard, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, he was, you know, he just needed his space and, you know, he stepped away a little bit, but now it just seems like he's he's in a better place right now. You know, he's playing at a, at a high level for the most part. And like I said, I'm just happy to see him out there playing and, uh, you know, so just at peace for the most part. And you, and you look at it, the guys, that's, I mean, look at the teams he played, Minnesota, and then look what's going on right here. I mean, they're putting the ball in his hands, allowing him to be dead Rose and make plays. He, he can score the basketball. I think if he just passed the ball and run the offense, uh, that, that's not his strong not his strong suit at all. And I think that's where he, you know, his career has struggled. But as long as the ball is in his hand when he's in the game to make decisions, he's still one of the top top backup point guards in the league to me. Yeah, he'll 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 finish strong. Derek's Derek's um still very competitive, like you say, he still wants to play at a very, very high level. I think a lot of you know people don't understand he was great in Minnesota and got that research got it started back there. He had a great year last year. I mean, they they basically shut him down um after they went bad. But prior to that, Derek was getting it done again. He was up for sixth man of the year. He was right in that conversation. Um I think if I'm Derek, he's in the last year of his deal. I think, you know, you start to look for that that rondo type of situation where you can go on a team and play a huge part, maybe coming off the bench, and um, try to play for him a championship. You know, you you probably kind of done with those situations where you want to go play in places where you're rebuilding. Um, I think he still has a good couple years left in him, but why not go um, get on a team where you can, you know, chase a championship and be a part of something special? So I look to see Derek Turner making that transition um, as he moves forward. But with the Detroit situation, I just don't think it's there. I think they just in the rebuilding stage. They got to get younger. Um, they got to get some of that. You know, they got to get that bad contract, Blake Griffin, off the books. And and then they'll be able to start to turn the, the right way because they got a good star in Jerry, Jerry Grant over there right now. What will be a good fit for him? Mm. Oh. This career. For who? Derrick Rose? Derrick Rose. Where, where, where will he 
the Clippers. I wouldn't even think that's, twice about That's what it. I was going to say. Exactly. Yeah. The Clippers. I mean, I think, you know, Patrick Beverly's, you know, I love him. He's from Chicago, hard nose. Um, but I don't, I, I don't want, I don't know if I want Patrick playing 35 minutes anymore. I don't know if he's a 35 minute uh, point guard. I think he's a guy that comes in and plays hard, you know, gives you the defensive presence. But Derek would be a great guy for them to come off the bench. Um, Lou Williams is, you know, Lou had a great year last year. Um, but now you get another point guard. You can start Derek and bring Pat off. You can do either one with those two guys. But I think Derek would be a, a great uh, pickup for the Clippers. Yeah, I agree. Good call right there. That's a good call. Well, we're going to move it along to, um, you know, talk about the Pistons for a little bit longer than we anticipated, but it's all right. Uh, sorry, Scott. I know you're back there. I know that's your squad, but, but we're going to move it along. Um, the Knicks. Everybody's on the Knicks right now. They got off to a really good start. Uh, Tibbs has had them playing some defense. As I have them playing hard. Uh, I want to start off with Twan with this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Knicks this early, and can is this sustainable? Um, I think one thing you got to know, it's a culture being built right now. Uh, being from Chicago, I got a chance to watch Tibbs work and, and do the things that he did in Chicago with the Derrick Rose crew that we talked about earlier. But um, I like they playing very hard. But one thing I love about this Knicks team is you see the improvement of individuals. And I always talk about that. Everybody's like, oh, blow it up and take this guy and put him on this team. But I look at R.J. Barrett shooting a jump shot, but he couldn't throw in the ocean last year. He's making threes. Julius Randle is now in the all-star talks um, off to a tremendous start. People are trying to be on that big stage in New York. People are trying to see how really good he really is now. Um, and it's not a fluke what he did in New Orleans. He's a really big-time 2010 guy. Um, and then also – Getting guys to get back to playing good ball. I don't know how many games you guys have watched as a Nick, but uh, Alfred Payton has been unbelievable um, so far um, during the season. And then you got to give love to my Kentucky guy. Manu Quigley has been great coming off the bench. It looked like they got it right in the draft, too. So you got to think they got a lot of good things going their way. And it's just a new culture from up top to the to – the, obviously from management to coaching. But the main thing, one thing you always got to love about Tibbs, you're going to practice hard, you're going to work hard. And sometimes oh, definitely. When you got a young, <laughs> yeah. And if you got a young group, I mean, and you got a young group and you get them to buy in. Um, and then the good thing about it, they getting a couple wins with it. You guys know that. One thing if a coach is demanding and hard on you, and then it's it's translating to wins, guys are going to continue that. Um, I still don't believe the Knicks are a playoff team. I think as the season goes along, I think they're off to a good start. I think they can hover around the you know the seventh to eighth spot. We'll see if they'll be able to, to, to maintain as a season long. I just think in the league, at some point, talent wins. Um, you got to have some type of superstars to win. So I do think they have a shot to seventh to eighth seed to be competitive, but I don't have them making the playoffs right now. I mean, they got the, the young uh, draft pick, too, uh, Obi Toppin. He coming oh, in, okay. you know what I'm saying, getting mm -hmm. his feet wet as well. You know what I'm saying? I think he's more like the, the four, you know what I'm saying, a, a space and four. But as you see in college, he's very versatile dynamic jumper. Uh, he could shoot the ball. He had the, the total package in a sense. You know, would that help that Knicks team there? But also think about it, they still got Kevin Knox. Now, I think this is an important year for him too because, you know, last year was, you know, shaky for the most part, but I think this is a big year for him. So do you think between, you know, saying uh, Obi and uh, Kevin Knox, do you think they could, you know, get him on the winning track at least, you know, the tail seven, eight, you know, uh, seeds in it for the playoff? Because I think, I, when y'all when, when y'all say it too, just think about it. It's, it's not you know you don't have a home crowd 
you're playing at the gardens or whatever too. So it might be a comfort zone for some people where they ain't playing in front of a lot of people. So that might help some of those younger, younger teams and younger talent, you know, make a little push or get the energy enough just to, to build a roster and some wins to get to the playoffs. Well, but here's the thing with New York, you know, if you play hard, you know, they're, they're, they're going to respect you. And like you said, right now, you don't have the, the crowd effect, so you don't have to worry about that part. But with this team where they are, they're young teams that have a lot of hard workers. And this team can get respect from New York. You know what I mean? And the way that they're playing. I don't think it's necessarily if they, you know, they have to, you know, win now or they're, or, you know, it's like it's terrible. I don't think that's the situation where they are right now in New York. New York just usually wants a good product where people go out there and play hard. And I, I like what I see on this roster so far. Um, but like I said, I don't know if the expectations are really, you know, they have to make the playoffs or, or it's a failure. I don't think that's the type of situation that they're in right now. Right. Go ahead, TJ. I mean, the Knicks for me, I mean, you got good coaching kids. You know, you're going to work as players hard like, like all you guys said, but it's hard to really put a judgment on the New York Knicks until these guys are able to have uh, uh, fans back in the stands so we can see how these guys are. <laughs> 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 is not really excited. They're not on my radar right now until these guys perform in the garden with fans back in the arena. I, I, that's when I want to see them play. Now, question, how does not having the fans in the arena, now, obviously y'all played mostly with sellout crowds and mostly packed arenas. Now, there's some arenas back in the day where, you know, it was like half full, you know, sometimes a little less than that, half than full. What's the difference between playing with a, like a sellout crowd and a less than half-filled stadium? I mean, it depends no, on if you're no, winning or not. In, in Orlando, <laughs> <laughs> with, no, with no fans, just media. Did y'all have to do that? In some uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'll let y'all answer that question. I mean, yeah, honestly, honestly, for me, it depends on how if we win it. Like, if it's a good season and stuff like that, you know, if it, if it's if y'all not having a good season, stuff ain't going right. You know, the fans ain't helping you. You know what I mean? The fans make it worse sometimes. <laughs> to be honest with you, they, so they come to see the other team anyway. Oh man, I've been through that. You know what I'm saying? I've been through that. And we find so, we find y'all have been through that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it all depends. But I think now what you're seeing with guys, they're adjusting to not having fans. I mean, they they spent the year in the bubble. They know that they have to create their own energy on the bench. You, you see all the different teams kind of saying the similar things. So you know, it's almost like the new norm, and it's just what it's going to have to be this year. You know, so that's I, I think people are all adjusted to that for the most part. That's what I think. I mean, it, it does make a difference. I, we all know that having fans and not fans. But one thing I got to give these guys credit for from the bubble to this point um, is the quality of basketball has been great. Um, you know what I love seeing? I don't know if you guys do. I love to see the support of the bench. Just watching mm-hmm. those guys root each yeah. other on and, and creating their own energy. Um, yeah. It's great. It just makes guys focus in. You know, as a basketball player, we all know how hard it is to stay focused through a, a, a long season. And with the setup right now, you just really focus on your job, man. You know, you, you kind of, you know, with the COVID protocols that's going on, I'm not sure of all the rules and everything that's going on, but I'm pretty sure you can't have any nightlife. You got to basically go home, play the game, and be around your, your media family. It's all about hooping. And and we're seeing that. We're see, actually seeing some quality basketball. Uh, for no fans and, and for, for the pandemic that we're going through. So I do want to give all the guys credit for being, you know, putting together 
um, a great show because they're doing a good job of it. Man, Twan, we just probably struggled, man, down in Miami. You talk about a uh, little pandemic, these protocols, boy, we would have been stuck in the crib. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it'd have been no. tough as South Beach would have been calling, baby. <laughs> now, what would have been the adjustments? What would have been if they would have said, "Hey, you know what? Can't go out, can't club." What would have been the? What would have been the? Because there would have been some of y'all would have found something to do. You know, you would. You know, you're gonna move it to your house, man. You're gonna figure it out. You know, I mean, if 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 you needed that excite, if you needed that, um, you know, and I think it's tough sometimes. I bet you right now, I mean, like I said, I don't know the protocol or what what everything that these guys have got to do right now, but I mean, I'm pretty sure it's pretty strict. I think you got to probably stay around the same kind of core people that's around you on an everyday basis. I'm not sure you're allowed to bring a lot of different people around you with the testing that they're doing every day. So, um, I mean, it's a challenge. You got to give them guys credit. Um, you know, you look at Durant right now, um, not have to miss four games. We're going to probably see this throughout. And one thing we got to touch on that people going to understand is that the second half of the schedule, second half of the season schedule hasn't even been done yet. They're doing that right now. So they need to figure out how this first half is going to work. And I don't know if you guys peeped it, but y'all see everybody's playing each other twice. I mean, the league yeah. has done a good job of like cut down travel, you know, cut some things out, you know, making guys play each other back to backs and, you know, figuring this thing out as it goes along. So Adam Silver's doing a terrific job of doing that as well. So it would be tough, but they're they making an adjustment. Everybody's doing it on the fly. Now, I like the fact that, you know, besides little James Harden incident, I'm sure we're going to get on. Um, it ain't been a lot of wild things. That's went on with the players, so I'm I'm happy about that for our league. All right, moving on from there, we got the Orlando Magic. Go ahead. No, go Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, before we move on to our next team, uh, since the Magic are one of the most recent expansion teams out of all the teams in the league, I want to get everybody's thoughts on expansion. I kind of want to start with Eton, just the thoughts of the expansion talk, of them adding two teams and doing some reconfiguration with the divisions and whatnot. Just want to get everybody's thoughts on it, but I want to start with Eton. Well, I, I would imagine that Seattle has to be one of the teams. I mean, if they if they do expansion and don't do Seattle, that would be so messed up. <laughs> I, they they got to they gotta give Seattle back their team for one. And I imagine Vegas would probably be the other. Um, I know some different names have been played, but it, it only makes sense. I mean, the league lost a lot of money in the bubble season. I, I have to give Adam Silver, you know, his, his kudos for having a – a, a the safest possible situation for athletes, and I and I, and I say that because when you look at other sports, I thought MLB was an absolute nightmare. You know, baseball was terrible. I thought their system was horrible. Sure. You know, right. I, I thought I thought the NHL did a good system when they they moved they went to Canada and then their protocols and stuff like that. It works. I think the NCAA is awful. I don't want to go down that road, but the, so I have to say that <laughs> that Adam Silver is doing a, a good job. So moving forward. Um, you know, the, having the expansion as a, as a possibility. Now, is that going to be long-term? Is that going to dilute how it's going to work? Because I remember, I mean, doing two teams at once, that's, I don't even know how that's going to work. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But, you know, I, I understand it from a business standpoint. And, um, you know, I think they'll work it out. Uh, for me, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I think it will be great. Uh, I look at it from, and I'm not one of those guys, but I look at it from, like, you got more jobs for black, black, you know what I mean? For black guys, you got more opportunities. Um, we're gonna have opportunities, you know, to you know, add another, you know, 34 players in the league. You know, most teams are keeping 17 with the two-way players. 
you got an opportunity to do that. Um, maybe some, depending on what city, Seattle's a great sports town. Obviously, Seattle would be great. Vegas, this jury's still out. I mean, we didn't get a chance to see how the, you know, the, the Las Vegas Raiders would do with fans and everything and see if the people would come out and really support with so many things going on in Vegas. So that's actually one possibility. You never know. You see Toronto's playing in Tampa, you know, so they're getting a good right. feel and, and, and Tampa now to see if the NBA team would, would like it down there. Um, but I love it. I just look at it as 34 new jobs, um, you know, for a league that's basically African-American. You, so you get, you get that situation. Um, I think it'd be great for the league. The league's in a good spot, you know, so I, I don't see nothing wrong with it. I think obviously the cities are important. You don't want to put them in dead cities and where there's just no fan support at all. But if you go into Seattle, um, you know, maybe a Vegas, you know, like I said, they're trying to, they're trying to Tampa Bay, maybe a Louisville that don't have a sports team. Um, that's kind of you know, a big city. They got a great arena down there. That's the NBA arena that the team is playing in. So you can think about some places like that. Um, so to have another team. So, so do you? So do you move teams, or you pretty much just build up a team? No, you start from scratch. Yeah, you start yeah. from scratch. You start from scratch. I, I think that it's good enough. I think it's enough basketball talent. You guys know this. It's enough basketball talent out here that we can get thirty-four other good pros out here that can play. Yeah, but when you talk, I mean, you talk about the small market teams, and that's and that's been an issue for the most part in the talk. So that's what I said. So do you leave those teams and you just add or? Or do you move those teams and just relocate them? So that's, I mean, that's what I'm, basically what so I'm saying. You go to a place like Kentucky, I don't think that's small. I think shit, that the arena that the, the Louisville play in is 20,000. And then Kentucky, in, which is an hour away, playing in front of 23,000. So, mm-hmm. you know, those those are big venues that, you know, that that sell out. Obviously, it's college, but they sell out. So they, they can get behind a, they'll get behind an NBA team. But speaking about the, the magic, you know what I'm saying? They five and two, you know what I'm saying? Uh, coach is doing a great job. Uh, Steve Clifford, he's doing a great job down. And there's one thing about that team. He has some teams. I mean, he, they play well, but they are, they're just missing something that they can never, I guess, just turn the corner for the most part. Uh, they have the big man, Vucevic. He's down there. He's killing. He's a walking double-double. They still got Aaron Gordon down there. And then they got uh, Evan uh, Fournier. You know, as a guard down there, you know, he's he's pretty exciting player to watch. He could put the ball in the hole as well. What are the Magic missing, and where do you see them going as far as, you know, playoff bound? Because, I mean, they were in a the bubble. They played, but, you know, for them to turn the corner, what do you think they need to do? They're they kind of going through what the what the Bulls going through right now. Uh, you just talk about Vojic. Obviously, he's an all-star, walking double-double, great player. Um they're going to have to do it from within. And they're doing a good job of developing their talent. Eric Gordon, he was hurt, obviously, in the, in the bubble. So they didn't get a chance to see him play in the playoffs. But um, they got some pieces. They're not far away. We know they are a playoff team. I do believe they make the playoffs again. Still right around that same spot, that seventh to eighth spot. But they got the same problem. Can they get a, a big-time free agent to go maybe play down there? And I'm not necessarily saying it has to be an A-list free agent, maybe a B-list guy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, to go down there and join those guys and kind of get them over the hump where they turn into, you know, a 41, 42 team, win team to maybe a 50 win team. Um, uh, but they got the pieces in play. Steve Clifford's done a terrific job of, of keeping them competitive. And, you know, I want to give, you know, big shots out to Marquez folks, a guy who could have career could have went in a different direction. 
Mm-hmm. And to see him sign that extension uh, really made me feel good. Um, to see him battle back and go through a little mental problem and then to get back on that court and then to get rewarded with a, uh, a lengthy contract was was really exciting to see. But they got some pieces in play. They're, they're not far away. I just don't think free agents don't think about going to Orlando. I don't know. You know, Nobody want to hang out in Disney World, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, let, let me echo what you were saying about Markel Fultz. You know, I'm here in the DMV, and he's, he's you know, the math and product. Everybody here, you know, is rooting for him. And he really had a tough time that first that first year. You know, I don't still don't even understand everything that happened with his shot and when he was doing everything in Philly and everything like that. But he's been doing great, and everybody's happy to see how well he's doing. He's another one where, you know, you get certain situations where you're just rooting for the player to do well. No, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not necessarily about the team doing well or yeah. make the playoffs. Up. And he's one of those situations where, you know, like you said, really happy to see him um, get his extension and, you know, playing hard and, you know, producing and everything like that. He looks like he's out there having fun. So I'm rooting for him. You got a, you got a piece that you know you can build around. Him. And now when you look at, at, at Montel folks, I mean, you, you got to realize the fact that it's a lot, a lot of teams that did not, Feel like this kid could even be an NBA basketball player. So you got to give a lot of credit to, you know, Orlando management um, for taking the time out and just being patient with him and look what he's he's doing. I mean, he's one of the up and coming top tier point guards and he, he, he's killing it this season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, we got to give a lot of credit to his hard work and just, man, being that young, going through that type of, of criticism. Man, I. Applaud to him and the people he had around his circle that kept him believing because, man, I, I, that's a great story. Yes. Now, what do you guys think the Magic need in order to move up from that hamster wheel 7 through 10 seed? Because every year they're the 8 seed or 7 seed and they go 5 or get swept or sometimes they go 6 games versus a upper seed and that's the season. What do you all think they need? I'll start with TJ with this. What do you think they need to add on their team to get over that hump and be a somewhat of a contender? I'm not too familiar with Orlando, man. I I know, you know, one of the main pieces was my Texas guy, Obama, who they had a lot, a lot of, you know, high hopes for. Um, Hasn't really panned out to be that defensive force like a Tyson Chandler. Um, Like these athletic bigs of DeAndre Jordan's. I mean, right now, I think that was a draft pick that just haven't panned out in their favor yet. I mean, they still got Aaron Gordon too. So it's like, what it, when is he going to really step up and accept that challenge too, to be that, you know, to be that dominant, you know what I'm saying? I guess, you know, the power four position in itself. Um, but I think, I think a lot is riding on him and like, maybe, you know, that's, what is that's, he? What is he uh, like what, like what position, like what, What's the right? So you you think he probably three, four, four, whatever you feel you feel he might have an advantage, but then he don't have the advantage. So it's sort of like I said, that's that iffy position for that team to turn a corner for me that I see. But I mean, I guess I mean they figure it out. They got to put it together. Uh, yeah, I think they that they right there um, to actually try to pinpoint and say what guy they need. I think they do need another guy. Um, I don't think they need a a, a super superstar. Um, but they may need to right. leverage a little, they may need to leverage a little of that future. Um, and what I mean by that, maybe not necessarily giving up pieces on their team, but maybe a draft pick or two down the line. They don't need to draft. They're a young team right. already. You don't need to draft. 
maybe give up, you know, one of your first round picks of the next couple years and see if you can get uh, a young star in there that can help you out and get you over that hump. Um, like you said, they got a, they kind of got a position this type team. So you don't know which spot that they really needed, but they made, they need another guy um, that can get them over the hump. That That's going to get them from, like I said, from that 40 wins to, to 50 and maybe just, maybe just leverage your future a little bit. You got some pieces yeah. in play. You got an all-star center and, and take your chances now and see if you can and be competitive. The East is right. open and you can make that jump. So you just got to look around. You know what I mean? This is a good time to, to look around and see what, what's that guy that can kind of get you over that hump. Mm -hmm. Right. I like that. I like what you said about that. All right, moving from the, from the Magic, we got the, the Charlotte Hornets, little mellow ball. You know what I'm saying? Big time. <laughs> talk about the, the ball family and, and what it is. Big baller brand, whatever it may be. <laughs> but they down in Charlotte. They two and five right now. Uh, you had um, Terry Rozier, you know, had a, a great season last year. And now, you know what I'm saying, coming into this year, you got, you know, the mellow ball, you know what I'm saying, just getting all the hype and everything. For them, is it just sort of, you know, we're we going we gonna to put a product out there, try to just develop the mellow ball, mm -hmm. make sure he, you know, he shines, he gets the rookie of the year, or are they really trying to do something down there? I think it's time for them to just develop their young players. And, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily about making the playoffs this year with them. You want LaMelo to come in and play and, you know, get his feet wet in the league. You know, you see, you see he, he can be a great passer. Of course, he needs to keep working on his shot, working on different things. But I think he can be a good player. But, you know, with, with, with some of these teams that we're talking about, it's really about just developing younger players. And it, it depends on if they're going to have patience or not. Because, you know, this is a league that a lot of times, you know, they they – they give up on people too early. But it's going to be interesting to see how the direction they go. If you, Like I said, if you're going to rebuild, rebuild. If you're going to go young, go young. That's what I think right. with stuff. And, and then if you're going to do it, go all the way with it and let your young players develop it so you can get a real good look at them and see what they can actually do so you can properly evaluate them. But, you know, and I, I hope that's what, what they do because I, I think they have some pieces that can be okay. TJ, I mean, playing a point guard position in itself, LaMelo Ball coming in. What do you think the, the biggest thing for him uh, in that organization-wise, you know, say at playing that position to help him grow and be successful there? I mean, he got his size. If you look at his size as a point guard, if you look at his passing ability, um, he can think the play ahead. I think as he gets familiar um, with the speed of the game um, and, you know, also just the physicality. I, I think when you look at the shoulder uh, on it, for me, they're exciting. They play hard. They're going to make some mistakes. They just got a lot of undersized type tweener players. Um, I think if they just had another big at the power forward center spot to give them some type of scoring, I, I think that would kind of change their record. But I agree with, with, with Eton. I think just develop this young talent and see which of these kids that you can keep. Um, if you look at, um, you know, Graham that they have, he's pretty much taking a spot of Malik Monk. Um, a guy who hasn't been um, the the guy that followed the script and you know keeping his keeping himself out of out of out of, out of harm's way. Uh, now that he, he's not playing, so I think you're going to see some of these guys compete and just um, see which ones you can keep and which kids you, you got to move into a different direction. 
Yeah, they got they got a bunch of young talent. I do I agree with both of you guys. They do got a, they got some good pieces on the team. Um, you guys are trying to shy away from it, but let's be honest. I'm not giving Gordon Haywood 120 million dollars and saying I'm gonna be able to grab Gordon Haywood. Um, no, no offense, you know what I mean. Uh, but I'm just not gonna give him that type of money and say I'm gonna build around him. And Gordon and Gordon's, a, you know, a very good player. Um, but he's not a guy I want to build around. If I was them, I'd get a ball, ball. I know they signed Terry Rozier um, to a three-year deal to a big contract. But it goes back to what we talked about with the Bulls, Orlando, Cleveland, like some of these teams that are in the bottom of the East. They don't get big time free agents. Ball got the swag. He's, you know, we we've seen this. He's gonna have the swag. He's got the showtime. You got some athletic guys on the wing that can run with him. Uh, PJ Washington, you look at Bridges, you got guys mm-hmm. on the team that can run with him, turn into a fun team, turn into an up and down, you know, team that's trying to score 120 right. points and and get get some enthusiasm that they don't they don't have it. I mean, I I I I wonder what's the problem. What are you doing? Bring him off the bench, playing him twenty minutes. You're going, you're developing him in twenty minutes. Turn him loose. People in Charlotte are probably excited. Um, the dad has done a terrific job of building their brand, their name. Um, so people know who he is. They're not like who did you draft. Uh, people really wanted him. If you watch the draft, it was a lot of teams that wanted him because of that type of swag and energy that he's going to bring to your organization. So you got to turn him loose. Um, right. You know, that's that's a spot right there that's not going to get a free agent spot. We've seen that Michael Jordan, the greatest player of all time, has not been able to produce a big-time guy to want to come play for him for whatever reason. That's a whole separate conversation. But for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to do that. But I don't know. I think you know, at this time you may you give Gordon Haywood $120 million and he's going to get you over the hump. I don't know if that's the guy that's going to get you over the hump. You know, a guy that's MJ coming off spinning of, that bread, MJ spinning that bread down there. But pose, he's coming off a major injury. A no, major I, I know. Injury. I'm just, I can't. I can't do it, man. Yeah. I can't do it. And I'm not. It's no knock on Gordon. I know Gordon's a good, good, solid player. But he ain't right. my. He ain't my max guy. I'm finna get into. I'm. I'm gonna turn these young boys, the young guys, loose and see if we can build something within. Yeah, that was Y'all, a little surprising. Yeah. It was a little surprising that that signing. I ain't gonna say it was. And I'll never like to. You know what I mean? Talk bad about cats making their money and stuff like that. But I was, I was a little shocked by that. Didn't quite expect it. Um, yeah. So, and it, it, especially because he's coming off the injury. We're not saying like, you know, Gordon, he, you know, Hayward can't play. Oh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very like, good player. Right. But he's just coming off the injury. Like, you don't even know yeah. how he's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, did anybody order some big baller brand shoes? Did, did y'all ever get them? Or, Hell uh, well, no. It's just a question. All right, we, we can move on. Hey, we're gonna talk about these Atlanta Hawks. Coach Pierce down there doing a great job. You know, so you got Trey Young down there. And what are they gonna do? You know, it's been a lot of chirping about this season. Everybody excited down there, thinking they could do some things. They got the addition of Rondo, you know, experienced veteran point guard that could help Trey. So what you think Atlanta got in store for him and, and how you think they, they season gonna go? I, I like Trey. I think Trey is a, you know be a real special player. I was surprised that the Lakers didn't bring back Rondo, to be honest with you. Um, especially after you know watching the last playoffs, everything changed when he, you know, was was healthy and when the way that he was running the team. So I was, I was kind of puzzled. I was puzzled by a lot. We'll get to the Lakers later. But um, <laughs> but 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 no, I, I think I think Atlanta could be good. You know, I like what they're doing. I saw them a couple games. Um, but Trey Young, Trey Young can be special. Like, I like him. <laughs> you know, so 
We'll see how it all comes together with the whole team, but I, I can say enough things about Trey Young. So you got Trey, uh, you got John Collins down there too. Uh, then you still got the young boy. They just uh, that they got down there. Um, uh, Cameron uh, Reddish, you know, yeah, Reddish, got Reddish, Herder, Reddish, all those guys. Reddish, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Atlanta's Atlanta, Atlanta's loaded, man. They done, they did a terrific job. I give them an A plus in the off season. The guy Nari signing was huge. Rondo signing was huge to add a couple of veteran guys on the team with those young pieces. What you got, and obviously you're building around. Trey Young is an all-star in this league. He'll be an all-star for a long time. Um, you know, he's one of the top, you know, 15 point guards that we got in this league. So he he's definitely um that they are they will be a playoff team. I think they'll be a solid playoff team. They got to a good start. They took a couple steps back last couple games, if I'm not mistaken. I've watched them several times, but um I like what they got. Um hopefully they're a team um that does not fall victim to that fan thing, not having fans. Cause I they could mm-hmm. probably be really good, a really good home team, um, and really make a good, really good push. But I like Atlanta. I think they're they're a solid playoff team. Um I think they're in the top six teams in the, in the Eastern Conference. Um, they did a terrific job. They had a, a bunch of cap space, and, and they did a terrific job of signing of signing guys to put around Trey Young. So look for them. And you got to remember, they, they still got Clint Capella, who's been a, a ton of meaningful games, who's still young yeah, yeah. in the center spot. We don't want to forget about, about Clint. So they got some pieces down there with John Collins. Um, I do got to right. throw a little hit, Eton. You know you want to talk about guys. John Collins turned down ninety million. I don't know what he thought he's gonna what he what he waiting on. <laughs> I don't know what he's gonna get, but uh, but they got some pieces down there. You know, this whole little conversation. But no, let's pieces. touch on it since you brought it up. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? I, I don't understand. Like I don't, you know, I don't understand what the the rationale is when thinking. You know, that's just a gamble. That's a gamble that I, for me personally, I ain't taking that gamble. <laughs> You don't know what can happen the next season. Right. You don't know. You you know what I'm saying? I'm just not taking it for that amount. And I know the numbers are a lot bigger than when we played, um, just because the league has grown since then. But when I see guys turning down ninety million, I'm like, you turn that, you turn that down? <laughs> I just, you got. I just throw that out there because you got to think you're really, really good. And so I'm I'm looking for them to, to do to do big things. But I like Atlanta. I mean, they actually. If you guys haven't got a chance to see them. Check them out two, three games in a row. You're going, you're going to start to see what I'm talking about. They got a ton of talent, and they got a, they got a superstar. I'm not going to lie. Trey Young is big time. I agree. Uh, but he, see, that, that's the crazy no, – go ahead. Go, go ahead. My go ahead. No, nah, when y'all talk about turning out money, but, of course, you're going to hear what they're going to say. I was betting on myself. I knew I – you know what I'm saying? I'm betting on myself. So, you, hey, if it worked out, you know they're going to say it. So, hey. More, more power to you, though, man. My nerves would be too bad to turn that down. <laughs> if you look at the way he came back this season, him turning down that $90 million, I, I I can see it because they're going to have to pay him way more than that ninety because that dude is a dominant force, and he's the reason – one of the main reasons that their record is where it is today. And I think that's a hell of a piece to have with a Trey Young. You know, obviously, like you said, they added, they added the right veterans. And what they lacked last year was just toughness. You know, as you mm. see this year, early in the season, they're already getting into it with teams, right? They're already kind of just trying to let guys know that we're here. You know, we're not this right. this team that y'all uh, expect mm. us to be. And like you said, they are going to be one of the major players uh, midway in that pack of, of making the playoffs there in the East. And they, they future is 
really good with the young talent that they got and the veterans that they got that don't, you know, want to take their minute. And I think that's an important thing when you do have the right mix of veterans with young talent. So before we move on to the next team, I want to get everybody's quick reaction. Do you sign John Collins to the max he's looking for, or do you let him go or seek a trade for him? And go ahead, TJ. No, I'm not saying he's a max player, but I mean, I think he's definitely going to get paid a nice chunk of change. And I think uh, uh, what that may be, I think his best bet is, you know, is staying in the same team that you've been with to get the maximum money. So I think Atlanta's in a good position. Yeah, it also depends on how they, how well they do. If the team is successful, you know, they make it to the playoffs. They, you know, then he then he's he's he played it right. It's just it would just be tough for me to take that gamble. But more power to him. You know what I mean? It'll work <laughs> out. I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you definitely got to look to sign him. You, you're trying to build something, um, and you don't want to you don't want to peak and then start losing pieces right away. And just have a one year, a hit one hit wonder. So, I think you do look to sign him. Is he worth the max money? I mean, I don't think he's a max guy. Um, no, I'm, but I'm pretty sure you guys are on the same as me. It's not a lot of max guys in the league, but a lot of guys do get the max. But I think it's going to be a, a, a situation where, um, if they have success and they're able to make a, a get in the playoffs and make a little noise in the playoffs, he'll be more willing to come back and. And understand that he's gonna have to share the wealth a little bit to get it done. Not much, but I think you know he'll he'll, he'll be able to get over that that ninety, a little bit over that ninety because he's he is also a good star. Like TJ said, he's playing really good right now. If you believe you're gonna be a ten year NBA player, you will make over a hundred million dollars each, whether you're a superstar, a role player, or the tenth man on the bench. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, That's now, yeah, yeah. It's just different. Uh, kinda, League is different. Kinda, it's kind of different turning down that kind of money when you when at the age they are. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, but that yeah, that's now. So, but I'm still with Eton. It's hard when that, <laughs> that, when, that, when, that, when that ninety looking at you in your face is hard. Yeah, I'm taking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just because you don't know, you know I what I mean? Like, you, have, you have a, like, less than that. <laughs> so, so I'm saying you have, you have a situation like, like, like Boogie Cousins or what happened or like, you know what I mean? Right. So different situations happen. Injuries that's, happen. That's, you that's just, the perfect, you just don't know. that's the perfect, that's the perfect tough. example. That's a great example right there. Man. All right, moving on. Yeah. Now we got to talk about, you know, that team up in it, up in the district, the Washington Wizards over there. Eton, I know you you seen everything uh, firsthand all over right. there. You hearing all the noise in the city? What's what's going on over there? What they gonna do now? I know y'all. You know you got Bill, big money Bill over there. He always well, doing this thing. So right now, yeah. Hold up, y'all two and five right now. Y'all two and five right now. But go ahead, go ahead. I don't know Bill. Bill's gonna be Bill. So Bill, Bill is straight. They're they're just. Yeah, you know they had 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 a good had a good win against um, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Brooklyn yeah. had a good win against Brooklyn. I was watching that game. They played well. Right now is you know Westbrook. They're adjusting to Westbrook, and Westbrook is playing well. He's playing like Westbrook, but now it's just the conversation is just you know they're still kind of get over losing John Wall, and. I mean, they're playing well. It, it just depends on what – because, you know, it's, it's interesting. When you watch the games, they look for somebody to blame if stuff, if stuff don't go right. So, for a while, they're trying to blame Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant's been playing solid. 
And I'm always pick up for the big men, as y'all know. But Thomas Bryant's been playing <laughs> solid. But you know what I mean? He's 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 been doing what he's supposed to do. You know what I mean? They always got to point the finger at the big man like it's the big man's fault. Thomas Bryant's in there to rebound, block shots, play physical, score when he get the ball, and that's what he do. But I, I think that the with, the with the Wizards, they should be a playoff team, and they're going to play hard, but they're also going to have situations and times where it's not going to be quite – it's going to be looking like they're still trying to get to know each other. And you'll just see where playing with Westbrook, you got to be in rhythm with him. And sometimes what you've seen sometimes, like when he goes fast, you have to go fast. You know what I mean? When he's when he's backing up, you got to be able and it's that calculation that sometimes you see them off sometimes. But I think they're going to go through that. And, you know, they're starting to watch. They're going to play well. But it's just interesting because it's a lot different and, and people are still scratching their heads about the John Wall thing. And that's just going to be there for a while because people were ready to see John Wall come back. We, we were waiting for two, three years. You know what I mean? Everybody here in DC was waiting for two, three years while he was hurt. And so before you got to see the, the, the backcourt of him and, and Bradley Beal, they traded him. So that's going to just be the talk for a while, but you know, winning cures everything. Now, Eton, um, what was the situation with John Wall in D.C.? A lot of people have a lot of great things to say about him. Uh, he did a lot for the community. And like you mentioned, everyone wanted to see him with Beal uh, and try to see what they can do with that uh, that group again. Uh, what are people saying in the, in the city? Because it seems like that tandem never got to where it could have gone. But at the same time, they never had that second or third chance uh, with that deal. What are people saying? I mean, like I said, people were 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 ready to see him get back on the court, and he he was loved here in DC. Like cats, cats loved him. Cats, you know, loved how hard he played. You know, everything they they just wanted to see him back on the court, and it was tough. It was a tough situation because I didn't I didn't think that they were going to trade him. I don't think anybody really thought here in DC that they were going to trade him, even when he said he wanted to be traded. You know, sometimes guys are mad. They hear their their names kind of mentioned in trade talks, and they'd be like, "All right, then you can just trade me." And they'd be like, "Ah, right, you'll be all right." That's I think that's what everybody kind of thought here in DC. And then you know when the Wizards were like, "Okay, we're not going to trade him," but we've seen that happen before where they said where they put out the statement, "We're not going to trade you," and then they trade you like shortly after. So it was just a weird situation to be honest with you, but. You have to move on. That's all it is. That's the business. And so people are embracing Russell Westbrook, how he plays and everything like that. And they just want to see, you know, they want to see wins, but it's going to take a little while. I think, I yeah. think you're going to see some good games and some not so good games. I think that's a fair assessment. If, if you watch them, I think with Westbrook getting traded there late and obviously not really having a real training camp and guys getting a chance to be around each other and hoop and play in the summertime and, you guys know how it is. You kind of build, you know, try to, you know, work together and figure it out. Um, they should be a playoff team. Uh, I, I'm a huge Westbrook fan, so I'm a little biased. And when I come in and talk about Westbrook, I, I believe that he's an alpha male. I believe he can get you to the playoffs. Now, whether or not they make any noise in the playoffs, I don't know if that roster is good enough to do that. Um, but you got to look at the OKC situ- OK situation. I mean, he got to the playoffs without Kevin Durant, without a Paul George. You know, he got there on his own. 
So he's capable of carrying a team. And you got another superstar on the side of you and Bradley Bill. I think they got to figure it out, Bradley and, and Westbrook. Because I watched that same game in Brooklyn um, that you're talking about, and I just felt like it was good, but it was a little off. Like who's going to go, who's not going to go mm-hmm. when it was late in the game. So they got to figure that out and, and build that mutual respect around each other. But to me, when you put together two guys like that, you're supposed to – it got to be playoffs. I mean, Westbrook arguably – is a top 15 player in the league, depending on where you want to rate him. Bradley Bill could be considered a top 20 player in the league. You're supposed to win games. And I do think it's going to take them a while, but I do think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know how much noise they can make, but I'm thinking playoff, a playoff team. It's unfortunate that, you know, John Wall didn't get an opportunity to finish his career there, but we've seen this with a lot of guys that it just don't work. And guys get to talking. It's a different league. Now guys get to talking too much and not let their agents talk, and they start talking themselves. And you kind of force these situations. So, yeah, I think Westbrook is still in his prime. He's still got like three years left at big money. So, I, I mean, right. you want to you want to continue and maybe add a piece or two, you know, maybe around around them, somebody, you know, a veteran guy that can help them out too as well. But I think they're a playoff team. I think, it's gonna, but I do agree with you, Eton. It's gonna it's gonna look shaky for about the first twenty games before they mm-hmm. start to pick it up. But I'm I'm a big Westbrook fan, so I'm speaking from a, a biased standpoint in that in that situation. Well, as we speak, I know, you know, I appreciate, appreciate y'all, you know, joining me right now, but the uh, Wizards are playing right now, and Bill is at 57 points right now, I guess in the fourth wow. quarter with 10 minutes to go. So he could put the ball in the hole. And hey, he's up his contract, hey, it take one it take one guy to trigger it. One guy triggered the, the score. <laughs> it's like they, they deny everybody. Steph Curry gets 62. Now you're finna see it now. Right, <laughs> right, right. All right, we lead the district. Now we go across the border to them Raptors. They won in five right now. You know, a couple years removed from being a champion. What they got going on over there, dude? They, you know, <laughs> is it done for them or what they doing? Well, they they, they right struggling. Now. <laughs> they struggling. Hey, stick the fork in a pose. Yeah, stick the they fork struggling. In. <laughs> hey, hey, let me tell you something. This, this is crazy. The, the Raptors, this is that thing where, you know, um, you see why they wanted to do everything for Kawhi Leonard. Um, and get them back on that team. We saw Pascal Siakam um, have unbelievable year, um, work really hard, develop his game. You know what I mean? I think he's a good worker, a hard worker, but he's not a 25-point-night guy. He's not a – you know what I mean? He's probably not a consistent all-star in his league. He's probably weighs that right now, 16, 17, you know, seven rebounds, seven, eight rebounds. And I think they thought that he was going to be that guy. Um but it's easy to be that other guy when you got all the attention on a Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know what I mean? So, and now when you get put in that light, that ain't, that ain't for everybody. Everybody can't handle that. Um, and Toronto, let's be honest, they made a huge mistake. When you don't sign back Serge Ibaka and you don't bring back Mark Gasol, this is what happens. Y'all got to understand, that team had those two guys last year on it. They don't bring neither one of those guys back. Uh, Fred obviously deserved the contract that he got. He's been terrific there. Kyle Lowry's probably at the, towards the end of his career. We don't know how many more years he's got left in him. Um, they're on the down end. They they, uh, they had a good run. Um, bumped into the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers for a couple years, was able to get over that hump once LeBron left, and Kawhi was able to get you over the hump and get you a chip. But it's time to retool that. They're going to re, they're gonna have to redo it there. So I'm looking at that roster again. Um, with Pascal Siakam and probably Fred Van Fleet being the two guys that you keep, but you're going to have to start putting some other pieces around them. I think it's over with for them. 
and they and they got the hardest team too. I I feel bad for them. I think you know obviously they can't be at home. They had to move to Tampa and change their whole surroundings and all that too. So that could play a part too. Hey, so TJ, so you see uh, Van Fleet, he he got paid, but you still got Kyle Lowry. Is it almost a changing of the guards? And how is that? You know, saying for guards, you know, another guard get paid the money. You're a veteran guard. You're still there. And now you got to sort of turn over the keys a little bit. Do you think that's about to happen now? Or how do you feel about him uh, running that team? I mean, I think so. I mean, I've been part of that when you got two guards making a bunch of money. You guys, somebody wants to be a starter. Obviously, if Kyle Lowry is, is healthy, uh, Van is going to still have to come off the bench and play that role. You know, you know obviously, I, I think, you know, with losing all your veteran players, uh, not locking Kyle Lowry up for your entire future, I mean, it's pretty much, I, I'm like torn. I think it's writing on the wall that just could be a trade situation for him at some point. Or um, when he finished the season, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he, he he's free to move around. Um, obviously, the young talent has to develop. They haven't been able to take that extra push, like Torn said, of being a consistent player. Um, but I think you also give them that opportunity now. But if I'm a Kyle Lowry, I think Kyle Lowry would be a better fit for the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers need to win the championship if they can't get there without the team that they have now. That's a good point. I think he would be nice on the Clippers. <clears throat> I mean, he's in the last year of his deal. Um, you know, he the Lakers because Dennis turned that money yeah. down. So, yeah, you know, he could. He, you know, he probably understand the writings on the wall where where they're not going to be, uh, you know, playing for championships anymore. Um, so I can see that 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 move that move happening, but Toronto's gonna have to blow it up. I mean, and I I know the season's still early, but I'm looking at the teams in the East, the Atlanta Hawks, the Orlando Magic, some of these teams that are getting a lot better, and um, Toronto's kind of taking that step back. And when you don't sign your veteran guys back, um, Serge and Mark Gasol, and it's not like they sign for huge money in the, in the market. That means that you, you know, TJ, like you said, they want to start to see some of that young talent they got behind those guys play. So they understand it's going to be a rebuilding stage uh, for the Raptors. So I don't think I don't have the Raptors doing much this year. Um, I know those guys got a lot of pride because they've had a lot of success over a couple last couple of years, but I don't have them doing much. And maybe not. I don't even have them making the playoffs. They're not on my playoffs, right? Um, um, my top eight in the Eastern Conference. Now, do y'all think part of their struggles are because they don't have that home field advantage anymore? Because get in Toronto, you got to go through customs. A lot of people like to enjoy Toronto a little bit more than other cities. Uh, do you think that's part of the reason why that they are getting off to a slow start? Because Tampa is just Tampa. And with the Rona going on, it's just a regular city. Um, go ahead, Twan, uh, start with you. Do you think it's just a coincidence that they're one of five because they're in a regular city? Or do you think it's the actual team building? Well, they got great home court advantage. I mean, so you, you definitely, that's a, that's a great place to play. We all have played there. It's a great city, low key, uh, one of the top cities in the NBA. So it could play a big part. Um, and that Tampa is not a uh, basketball city, obviously. Um, and guys had to move their families. You don't know how happy they were about that. Um, the adjustments that they had to make as a team and organization could play a part in that. Um, so we got to put all that in perspective and, and, and you don't want to give them built in excuses. But that that that's tough on anybody. That's tough on any player um, to have to go through that and, and make those type of adjustments. And um, and I just think when you look at that talent and look where they're at on the court, I just think 
Um, they just took a couple steps back. You know, I just think those guys were very valuable for their team. Um, they were veteran guys that knew how to win. Um, when you remove them uh, from the equation and then Pascal Siakam, who's a very, very good player, is not an A-list superstar. Um, you know, you, you're going to have you're going to have some drawback where you're not going to be as good as you thought you were. So um, it may be time for him to blow it up a little bit. I, I wouldn't be like TJ said, I wouldn't be surprised you get halfway through the season and Kyle Lowry's that looking to move on somewhere. You get off that, you know, his last year's deal, you get to move him somewhere and you start to rebuild a little bit. I can't give him the out. I don't think they've been doing no better if they was in Toronto. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, I the Ross, say that. The Ross is different now. Yeah, the Ross is different. I agree with you. Yeah, the yeah. Ross is different. All right, moving on. We're going to our neck of the woods, TJ. We're going, we're going to deal with them paces. They five and two. They five and two. You got Oladipo over there. People don't know what he's going to do. You got uh, Malcolm Brogner. He's back. You know, he's doing his thing. Uh, and also, you got some bonus that's been playing big for him. Uh, playoff team, do they sustain this this record right now? Yeah, what y'all see? Yeah, of course, they're a playoff team. Um, they have the talent. They have the pieces. I think it's not about them getting to the playoffs. I think it's about, you know, will these guys perform at a high level when they get to the playoffs and get to the next level? When you look at the talent, I think they're at that age where, you know, they, they should be able to get over the hump. Um, into that next stage as possibly the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, can they achieve that? Uh, uh, you know, it's still up, up in the air. Uh, but, you know, I, I, it's not a doubt in my mind that they are a playoff team. They got good pieces. I think will they toughness and, and will they be able to get it done in the playoffs? But it's crazy. I mean, they're five and two, and then, you know, they fired Nate McMillan as well. You know what I'm saying? That was a big reason, you know, you talk about their toughness the past few years. Uh, they wasn't able to turn the corner with him. But now, right now, they got a great start. They got a new coach and everything like that. E-time, Sabonis, I mean, not your tra traditional big, but he's out there. He's handling the ball more, being a playmaker in himself. How do you feel about that and what you see for him going forward? I like him. I mean, he's 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 been solid since he got into the league. So I don't have anything bad to say about him at all. Um, I was impressed with him in college. I was a bit impressed with him all around. Um, I, but I, it was interesting to me that they fired Nate McMillan, though. I, I didn't quite understand that one. I, you know, I thought that they were they they built their identity. I don't know if some of the players were, you know, that sometimes certain fires I don't quite understand. But um, I'd be interested to see because you saw you heard some of the rumblings about Oladipo and if he wanted to stay there, if he wanted to go. And that's kind mm -hmm. of a, something that because I, I think he's a big time player. I like Oladipo. And, you know, I'd be interested to see their chemistry long term or what happens with him. But, um, yeah, as a whole, you know, I, I think they're a solid program. Yeah, uh, the Pacers are definitely a, a solid four or five seed um, in the Eastern Conference. They're very, very good. They're loaded. Um, a guy you guys didn't talk about who was Mr. Bubble was T.J. Warren. Let's not forget about him. T.J. Warren's on that team. Um, I think the difference from them making it and getting over the hump is Victor Oladipo. Um, and it's not a knock on him. Is it, can he get back and get to be the old Victor Oladipo that he was before this injury? Um, to me, he's not the same player right now. Um, and if he can get back to the level where he was playing at, at the all-star level, um, the sky's the limit how far they can go. They are loaded. They got two legitimate bids. Miles Turner and Sabonis yep. are very good um, in yep. the inside defensively and offensively. 
Um, Mac DeBrogdon, we know how good he is at the point guard spot. So they've got some pieces there. They got some. Ve- they're a very talented group. I feel so bad for Nate McMillan because he hasn't had the opportunity to play with a healthy playoff team. He's had very good seasons, and he but he he had the injury bug, and the injury bug mm-hmm. every year he's coaching the playoffs, and a lot of right. people and that gets under overlooked, and it's kind of one of those situations that you feel, especially for black coaches, I feel bad for. It's kind of like Dwayne Casey. He didn't get an opportunity to finish that in Toronto, what he started. Um, you switch coaches and bring his assistant on and let him get the fruits of the labor. Uh, and so mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's the same situation. It's unfortunate for, for Nate McMillan, but he did a terrific job there. Like you touched right. on, of uh, building that foundation already there. They already know how to win. Um, and then they can stay healthy. They can make a deep run in the playoffs. The, uh, they, they're loaded to me, especially if T.J. Warren uh, plays the way he played in the bubble, and you get Victor Oladipo back to you know turn that corner, they could be really really tough. Now, Juan, you mentioned something about black coaches. Uh, why is it that uh, black coaches seem like they get the short end of the stick? You mentioned Dwayne Casey in Toronto. You mentioned Nate. Uh, there's countless other examples of people getting bring up uh, Alvin Gentry in New Orleans. Uh, why is it like that league? Is it just, is it a race issue or is it something like the owners want to go a different direction? What's the, what's the reason for that? It's unfortunate. Um, it's starting, it's, we're starting to see a pattern. It's something that, that probably needs to be brought to the forefront. Um, just like we attacked social justice and you had guys standing up for social justice and making the stands. We're going to have to start fighting for our, our coaches like that as well. Um, it, it beca- it's starting to become that deep. When you think about Alvin Gentry, if you when you think about even Doc Rivers, and I, and I, you know Doc is a 50-50 situation because he's been there for a while and hasn't got over the hump. But um, that's the first year they put that team together, you know. Um, so you you know you got you got to think about that, and then the next day he's you know he gets a huge deal with Philly. So I mean I don't know what's going on with that. Why the leash is so short? Um, when we do get positions, and you look at and you look at. Um, Say Ty Lue situation. I think me and Pose was talking about this the other day. You don't get a chance to pick your own staff. You know what I mean? They got to pick your staff for you. And, you know, all the things that they make you do um, just to become a head coach, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, I feel bad for a lot of coaches in this league to have to go through that. You look at JB Biggerstaff, he gets a two-year deal. Who gets a two-year deal as a coach? Come on, man. He gets a two-year deal in the rebuilding situation. A two-year. So, you know, these, these are the, the type of situations that we're put in. I think we need to just bring it. We need to bring more attention to it as players. We, we I don't, and I don't necessarily know if the players are internally not fighting for their play, fighting for these coaches. Um, but we got to we got to do something um, as a league and start bringing it and highlighting that a little bit better. Those are some good points. You know, when I asked a lot of um, you know, coaches, <laughs> I like how as, you came in there. Those are some good points. <laughs> no, those are those are some good points, and I think it is something that needs to be examined a little bit more because you know at at, at the time I'm trying to see how many black coaches there are now. Um, what is where are we at? Seven? Is it seven out of thirty? Yeah, it's it's we definitely low. Yeah, seven seven out of thirty. That's not a lot of people. And you look you look at you look at the number of black assistant coaches. I mean, since y'all brought this up, we can talk about it. So, so every team has a black assistant coach, every team, right? But then, when you look at the the head coach hire, it's like they keep recycling the same group of white coaches 
and they just jump right over the assistant coaches that are there. And it, it's just I, I, that's always puzzled me. You know, I mean, and then you look at the, the the black coach that is there and he'll be the one who is like the players coach, the one who is dealing more directly with the players when you when you talk to different teams. But then with that with that head coaching position, there's just a, a hesitancy. And, you know, that that has, it has to be addressed. Now, one of the things that that I, I remember when Byron Scott made the point that players are going to have to start advocating or, or stars are going to have to start advocating. For players the way that Kobe advocated for him. And that's an interesting point. Like, you know, is that the only way that that's going to change? You know, and I, I want to ask y'all, what do y'all think? Is that the only way that's going to change for a player to really advocate for the black coach that he wants? I mean, I just feel like, you know, the players, they make all the money for the most part. And, and that's almost just like, you know, here, here you go. We give you this money. That's all you can do for the most part. And at the end of the day, they're going to hire who they want to hire. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's unfortunate you could, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You could do all the right things. But at the end of the day, if, like you said, you put in your job application. If they don't like you, they ain't going to hire you. Or they just don't think you fit for the job, so they just move elsewhere. But like you said, for the for the league to be predominantly black players in there, you know what I'm saying? You, you would think it would be at least a balance at the end of the day. And you have an opportunity to grow some new talent, some new coaches and stuff like that. So it's just one of those things. They they hire who they want to. Yeah, but, but I do see a situation like Brooklyn. They hired Steve Nash because KD wanted Steve Nash. That's why they hired him. So, so I've seen where it happens. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. so to Brian Scott's point, you know, if you have the star player to advocate for you, that's the only way that it – so I guess what he was saying was, Kobe advocated for him, and they weren't trying to hire him. And he's Byron Scott. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Laker legend. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. All right, moving on. We're going to go down to that South Beach twine, you know what I'm saying, our second second home and stuff like that, too. You got Miami Heat down there. They 3-3 three and three right now. You know, Bam just signed his big contract down there. You had Tyre Hero, you know, shooting the lights out in the bubble. They had a nice little finals run. What do you see left for that uh, for that Miami Heat team to to uh, to do outside of winning it? And can they can they win it? Can they repeat it? And also, you know, you still got Jimmy Butler down there too. You asked me yet? Yeah. Can you hear me? I had to switch headphones. Yeah, I had to switch headphones, brother. I'm yeah, good. Volume hey. good. Yes, sir. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure. Uh, the Heat. Uh, the Heat made a huge mistake, um, guys. Um, uh, they didn't sign anybody. Um, and to me, I thought you know, obviously they had a great run in the bubble. They got to the finals. I think they outplayed. I think Jimmy had a a miracle run. Um, I think Jimmy Butler is one of the hardest working, um, nut, um, no nonsense guys we got in the league. Um, but he's not that offensive guy. I know offensively he's improved every every year offensively, um, but he's not that twenty five a night guy. That's not his game. His game is a little bit of everything. And if you look at it, and we saw that in the finals when they needed him, he needed to average thirty five forty. And we saw some guys be able to do that. I mean, we know that we he obviously had the monster triple double game, but the Miami Heat I think took that as Jimmy Butler has arrived as one of those guys. 
Mm. I still, and I don't think he's one of those guys. Um, I, I do believe he's a great, you know, superstar. But when you talk about being a LeBron James, um, a Kevin Durant, um, you know, Steph Curry, he's not there yet. Uh, I'm not saying he can't get there because he showed flashes of that. But I don't think that's his personality or his game. So to get back to the team as a whole, they got obviously great young pieces to it. Um, they took care of Bam and, and, and obviously making sure that he was uh, a centerpiece of what they got going on. But I also don't like the fact that they didn't bring back Jay Crowder. I thought that was huge. How do you how do you don't how you don't bring back Jay Crowder, a guy, um, a hard nosed guy who can play, who can guard from the two to the four, uh, who makes open threes, who played great for you. I think that was the the first mistake that showed me that they was not they didn't they didn't really watch the film or realize why um, they was able to make that deep run because he was one of the main guys to 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 make that run. And Pose is funny, but he kind of reminds me of you. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. kind of like one of those guys that you know gonna do everything. He's gonna make the open shot. He's gonna guard anybody on the floor. Um, you guys were invaluable. He's an invaluable piece to a team. And mm-hmm. I don't think the Miami Heat understood how much he meant to them. And they didn't, they didn't add anything. And now you're looking at them now, and I don't know if Pat thought maybe he was going to get Giannis. You know, there was a lot of talk that maybe he can get a Giannis. I don't know if they're going to go after Harden um, to add to this thing. Like, I love Andre Iguodala, but it's over. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's over for Andre Iguodala. You know what I mean? So, and that's why I think that he was struggling. Now, they know how to win games. So they'll be in the mix. They're definitely a, a four or five seed in the playoffs. They're obviously going to be a tough out. Um, because of the talent and, and experience. And you know we love Spo. Eric Spoelstra is a great coach. He'll, he'll, he'll have them prepared to play. But they made a mistake. They didn't, they didn't do what they had to do in the market by letting Jay Crowder go, and they didn't add a piece. They didn't, they didn't add the, the piece that was needed. You go get another guard that you didn't necessarily need, and I like A.B. Bradley, but I don't know how much you need him because now you stop the development of T.J. Nunn. You're cutting mm, yeah. the top hero minutes. I mean, you just, you know what I'm saying? So I just don't know what direction they're going right now, um, the Miami Heat are going. So I think they took a step back. I think they, they're not in that, that top four elite group no more in, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, no, that's tough. I mean, I, I got to say, I, I like Jimmy Buckets proved a lot to me last year in the in that playoffs. And uh, the way that he played, you know, I thought he answered a lot of critics. I think mm-hmm. that um, a lot of times, you know, the 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 word on Jimmy Butler was that he was almost a cancer to a team for prior to that. Um, yes. They blamed him for a lot of things going wrong in, in other places. You know how they are when they get you get a little bit of information and then they roll with it and they blow it out of proportion. And, and so then right. it becomes the story becomes better and better. And, you know, then they just had him sound like he was just the worst teammate on earth. So I right. thought that he answered a lot of those things last year. I thought he carried them the way that they, first of all, nobody had them beating um, Milwaukee. Nobody had them beating Milwaukee. You know what I mean? Um, That's you thought it would be tough. I thought it would be tough. That's you right. Did nobody besides the people in that locker room have them beating Milwaukee last year in that yeah, first right. round? I agree. I agree and, that. and the mm-hmm. way that they kept, you know, playing well, then they went to, you know, beat Indiana next. and they. You know, they, I, I, I was really impressed. Even when they got to the finals with the Lakers, a lot of people thought, oh, this is going to be a blowout. You know what I mean? And then when a few of their guys got hurt, 
they were like, oh, this ain't even going to be close. You look up at the game, you're like, wait, Miami up by two? Four, four minutes to go in the fourth quarter? Like they And, and then they end up – so it, I was impressed by Jimmy Butler. So I got to get him a little bit higher ranking than, than, than or assessment than, than what you gave him, Twan. But I do agree with you that losing Jay Crowder was, was crucial. Um, they had to pay the big fella, Bam. So I'm glad they did that. Um, but I, I do think it, it, it's tough because when you get to the finals, you don't know if you want to do either add more or do you kind of run it back. And I think that's kind of where they had a lot of success last year with that group, even though I do think they should have, you know, resigned Jay Crowder. But I don't know if they necessarily needed to make a whole lot of moves or a whole lot of additions or, or, or a whole lot of subtractions. I'll say that. So so making a subtraction of Jay Crowder, that's going to come back to bite them. But, you know, as far as shooters, they got shooters. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't really know what they really needed to add. Um, what, what, did you, what do you think they need differently? That would be my so, question. So, I mean, so with that, so I, I agree with Twan. You talk about that guy. Like I said, I respect Jimmy Butler. I love his game. I love what he brings, you know, mm-hmm. to the team as well. But when you talk about just that guy, that presence, and just uh, just a bucket getter, and you hear to talk about, you know, saying James Harden or whatever it may be, you know, so we don't know if that's going to happen whatever. But somebody like him, now, you know, shit, he put the ball in a hole. Eh, well, hold on, hold on. He, Harden, he put the ball in a hole. Jimmy, he could benefit, you know, saying off that as well. Now, my thing with that, if that does happen, is James Harden, it's going to be a rude awakening going down to that MIA mess with, with Spo and Ralph. So I don't see that working, but I'm just at saying. At all. Like, I don't see that working at all. <laughs> 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 not at all. James Harden, not, not, I ain't talking about he's he's a bucket getter. You know, yeah, he came yeah. back. He looked like, you know, the, the, the big Rick Ross. You know what I mean? His jersey was all tight. He looked all swollen. <laughs> Went out there and hit 40. You know what I'm saying? So he is a baller. But you can't get away with that in Miami. That's not going to work. No, you, no, hell no. Gonna you got weight and body fat every morning. That ain't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what, though? You know, you know what? It, it won't y'all work. Do the, y'all do the body fat testing and all that? Yeah. You guys, you, guys know, you guys know James better than me personally. So you guys know if he can have or not. But the thing about it, sometimes, I got a lot. Miami is one of those spots where it can change your career. Yeah. Where, you know, it looks like he's. Like right now, it kind of looks like he might, even though he's still early in the season, he can go the other way now. You know, James Harden's had an unbelievable last six years of his career in Houston, but he can go the other way now. You know, going to the Miami, he could probably keep that thing going the way, keep it going up the uphill like he was going already you know, to Hall of Fame status. So, you know, so it's he can, making that move may help a James Harden too, so. Don't think it could be all bad, but y'all know I'm more person than me, so he probably can't put up with what's going to have to deal with in Miami. You and Pose, you and Pose played in Miami. Y'all played mm-hmm. under, under Pat, and I think the, the man loves the hoop, though. So I, I think from I, I guess I'm that's the key. That's the key. About, did it? It didn't affect you guys. You guys, you guys had a thing that you guys kind of did y'all thing, but it's like. Yeah. When it came to the basketball part, y'all was always dedicated to that, and I think that discipline would, would probably help him the most right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's different down there. You, hey, you will be disciplined and down there, and and, and, and it's not, not just every now and again. It's gonna be, 
it's going to be discipline, you know what I'm saying, like every day. Even when you're in the gym and when you're not, it's going to require that discipline or whatever. So, you know, and and I'm not saying like he can't do it, but it will be an eye-opening experience for somebody to go down there and play in that, you know what I'm saying, with the heat and in that culture down there. And TJ, they get in there three, four hours a day. They ain't no... Ain't no, ain't no off days. They get in there three, four hours a day. <laughs> hey, do, y'all like that, do y'all like that big three? Would y'all like James Harden, Jimmy Butler, and Bam? Does that? Oh, give, I love it. That oh, give, oh, I yeah. love it. They get you to the yeah. championship. They get you past Brooklyn. Uh yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think get so. you past. Yeah, yeah, definitely can get you past. Yeah, I like that. So, my question is: so, do, so do the the shooters? You talk about you know Duncan Robinson, the hero. Do they shoot? The same way this year, not that the, you know the scouting report on them a little bit too. Do they still get those same looks, or is it a little tougher? And now with that, you know that confidence in them not able to make, you know what I'm saying? Does that change the whole look of the Miami Heat? I don't I think, think it's the same. same. I don't personally think so. I think when you look at how hard Miami played in the bubble. I don't think that they care what seed that they get. I think they know they're going to get to the playoffs. And I look at them as a team that's going that's worried about peaking later on in the season. I think right now they probably just still kind of recovering and just knowing that they they match up against anybody. I mean, they're not scared of anybody in the East. Yeah, they, so, should, that's they, what I said. they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be scared of anybody. But I think that their offense, if, if they're still running the same type of offense, they put them out. They put Duncan on one side, put Hero, you know what I mean, and and Jimmy Buckets drives, and he's killing him with that mid-range, or he kicks it out. I mean, it was working. So as long as they're hitting shots and they're running the same that, that same kind of program, that same kind of offense, I don't see why it should be different. Because if you if you don't if you go to 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 Hero's side or Duncan's side, and you don't help off of them, it's going to just be an easy score for Jimmy Buckets, right? But if you do help off of him, he's going to make the right pass. And we saw that. We saw some games in the playoffs. Like, like Jimmy Buckets just stops, stops uh, shooting the ball. He just was distributing because that's what the defense was, was how they were playing it. So I think if they keep doing it, I don't know. I, I'm looking for big things from them. I was very impressed with them last year. So Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, just a, it was just a question. But like I said, mm-hmm. like you, you figure Jimmy Butler, he's not a volume three-point shooter for the most part. So he has a nice mid-range game. He gets yeah. to the basket. And those guys are the shooters. Mm-hmm. So now you stay at home on those shooters. Now it's more to the basket, mid-range twos and stuff like that. And you know the game now, you know, people are really living and dying by that three-point shot. And it's a, it's a volume, like volume three-point shots is going up now. Does that change, the, you know, does that change anything for them? So, I mean, I guess we'll find out what's going yeah, on with them. We'll if see. They shooting, right. 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 Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. We're going out to Philly. Philly, the 76ers, new coach Doc Rivers in the building. I like You got Philly. Ben Simmons. You got Ben Simmons. You got Joel Embiid. You got some addition. You still got, I mean, Tobias Harris there too. And I, they added some shooters there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all been watching. They've been balling. They six and one right now. Does that continue? If you seen them play, is Embiid dominate the paint like he's supposed to? And what you think about Ben Simmons? I like them cats. I'm gonna be honest with you. I like Philly. You know, I I thought that um, for like we was talking about James Harden. I thought Jan- like. Philly would be a good place for him, to be honest with you. Um, but but I but I think that the way that they're playing, I'm just a big fan of how Philly is playing, and they got some shooters, and it's helping them. 
Now, the knock is always Ben Simmons on his unwillingness to shoot. And I see how sometimes defenses are playing completely off him, like daring him to shoot. Like, I dare you. And he still don't shoot. So sometimes he's going to have to learn how to at least take the shot. Like, if he, you know what I'm saying? He don't have to be a – but he's going to have to at least take it sometimes just to keep the defense honest. But right, right. I, and, and, I, and as good as Embiid is playing and how talented he is, I do wish he would commit himself to getting in the type of shape that he needs to be. And I think that you would see him be a top player in the league. That's really, you know, I mean, cause he's, it's like, he's hooping and then he don't even look like he in shape. You know what I mean? Like just, <laughs> just, just, just take, just take just one season, just really dedicate to getting your body to where it's, you know what I mean? Really in shape. And I think he will tear up the league. Now, Eton, with his history of injuries, do you think it's possible to get in that gray shape that you speak of? Well, I think it's definitely possible, but I think it's actually even better for his knees for him not to carry that amount of weight on his knee. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it would be nothing but all better. He need to get on the uh, the vegan diet that uh, that uh, Kyrie is doing. You know what I mean? And just get all slim and all cut up. And, and I, you just see a whole, I mean, I think he would tear up the whole league. I really do. TJ, what you got? Over there. Go ahead, PJ. Philly. I mean, they're big. They got size, but I'm still trying to figure out who is the most impactful together between Ben Simmons and Joe and B. That their styles, I think, it conflicts. I think when you get to the playoffs, right? Because in the playoffs, you won't be able to get out of transition as much with a Ben Simmons. So it kind of changed the form of the game, but. I think in a regular season, you're able to go up and down more. Um, even though they got shooters, I still think that team is based on Ben Simmons, but I'm just not sure the type of impact that he actually has on the court, right? He's putting up numbers. He has a great skill set, but what is one thing on the Sky Report that you don't want Ben Simmons to do where he beats you? And I'm just not sure if he beats you with his passing. I'm not sure if he beats you with his rebounding. Uh, I'm not sure he beats you with his defense. Uh, maybe you guys can kind of help me of what is the one thing he he does great that impacts any team. But I like it. But just trying to figure out when does he turn that into impact. I mean, I, like, I think. For, mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I just to I like Philly. I think Philly's a top uh, three team in the East, and I put them top three uh, because of Doc Rivers. And I know Doc is not one of the big ones. But Doc is a great coach, and Doc is the type of coach that can get you over that hump. He won um, a big one. Oh, hey, he won a big one. That's true. I got you. I got you. I that's got true. You. <laughs> he did win a big one. I'm gonna give him that. You're right. But he's the coach that can get. A, he, he's the coach that can get you over the hump. Um, I agree. And that's the coach that probably Embiid uh, and Ben Simmons needed somebody that they respect. Somebody that they know that's going to demand um, excellence out of them. Um, I do like the additions to their team to add some shooting with Danny Green and Steph Curry um, to add those guys. But I like their young pieces. You know, I like Shake Milton. I like Maxie from Kentucky. I think those guys get them some depth on the bench. Dwight Howard has embraced his role as coming off the bench, an energy guy, shot blocker, rebounding. So they got some pieces. It's all it's all about matchups. But what we're going to learn. And Eton, you talked about it better about Ben Simmons' body. When is Embiid going to dedicate himself to his body? 
and, and doing what he has to do to stay injury free and to be the alpha male that we know he can be um, and be the, the dominant center. Uh, he could be the best center in his league. So when they get in the playoffs, everything is going to be in place. Hopefully, if they're healthy, and you'll see TJ, which one, which one we got, which one you got to rely on. Um, you'll see if it's Embiid or, or Ben Simmons because they're going to be in a situation where they got to take that game to that next level. Um, it's no more excuses. Is it? Um, they, they, yeah, they. I mean, they've been in the league a long time. We know we used a little process uh, slogan for a while. Okay, it's a process. But now it's time. These guys have been all-stars for a couple of years. They played in the playoff games. They played in a ton of, ton of meaningful games. It's time to take that next step. If we can say and be talent-wise can be the best big, when is he going to show that? When is he going to just dominate come playoff time? We know what big Ben Simmons' shortcomings are. If he chooses to not and hurt his team and chooses not to shoot a jump shot and allow teams to get in the playoffs and go up under his pick and roll, um, that's on him. That's, that's a decision that Philly has to do that, hey, he's not ready to answer the bill. I'm tired of watching the videos of him making all the three-point shots and all that stuff. I mean, eventually it's got to translate to the game. Uh, I've played with guys that couldn't shoot. i played with a, uh, a Bruce Bowen who couldn't throw in the ocean but made himself a pretty good jump shot shooter. I mean, be realistic. Jason Kidd couldn't throw in the ocean, made himself a pretty good jump shot shooter. It's no excuse for Ben Simmons. So we've, we've made these excuses for these two guys now it's time to get over the hump. Now, how long does this work? Like you have Embiid and Simmons both have their flaws. Obviously, Ben's are more of the jump shot in the offensive situation. Uh, Embiid is more of his health and his conditioning. How far does this experiment work or how does it go? Is it this year only? Do you give it two more years or do you at the oh, first you know, sign of, you know, something you, you get rid of somebody? How Where does this go? You got one year. Daryl Murray is the GM. Got one year. True that. True they that. got one year. If, if it doesn't happen, I'm not. I don't know how far they got to go. Um, but I, I don't know how you guys feel. But I'm thinking anything short of Easter Conference Finals. Um, if they don't get there, one of them are gone. And and if James Harden somehow is still in Houston, he won't be there no more. He'll be in Philly. So you guys figure that out. I, I mean, that's just my, my gut feeling. This is the year. I think he's going to play it out. He's going to get those guys an opportunity. But anything short of the Eastern Conference Finals, um, one of them are gone. Could it, could you it. talk about Daryl Morey for the most part. Hey, don't forget you got Elm Brand over there too. So Elm Brand, he's he been doing a good job over there too, you know, getting yeah, the players yes. in, getting Doc Rivers in. So give Elm Brand a shout-out too. You know what I'm saying? Keep doing yeah, your Yeah, definitely. definitely. He's done a good job, yes. Yeah. They got one shot with, with, with Daryl. He's going to give him one shot and probably tell Doc, look, I'm going to do it. We're going to do it your way. We're going to see if it works and see if you can give. You can't get these boys over the hump. Then one of, one of them is gone. I'm giving Who's these the one, Twan? Who, who's the one that got to go? Ben Simmons? Depending, depending how they play in the playoffs. Nah, you ain't going to get rid of Embiid. I don't think so. I, I mean, you, if you talk about Daryl Moore, you know, it's it's almost like the small ball thing. You know what I'm saying? So he might sacrifice that size and try to go in. so? I don't see that. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if you – I mean, just think about what he did to the Rockets and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And maybe that was another, you know, issue driven in itself as far as the coaching, what they wanted to do. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as his philosophy, does he really believe in that big to have that impact? Because there's not that many bigs in the league that can have that impact like Embiid. 
So to just get rid of him like he's nothing is, I mean, that's, ooh, that's yeah. almost scary. Could he, I mean, play like, could he, at, at his size, can he play like Rondo? Because he can't shoot. Oh, uh, Ben Simmons? Ben yeah. Simmons. He can't shoot, so could hit his He's a different player, though. He's a different kind of a point. Like his, so his, so his, his scoring is usually when he, when he pushes the ball, you know, kind of beats the defense before they have a chance to set up and he's going one-on-one and he's taking advantage of them and, and he's going in dunking and stuff like that. That's, that's like one of his strengths. Um, Rondo is a little bit more of a setting the whole team up and running the whole offense and I, they're different kind of point guards. That's what I think. Yeah. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how how it pans out. But I think the expectations are very high um, from within. I think at the Eastern Conferences, they are one of the top three teams, I think, in the East. Um, and it's to get to the finals. I think it's them, Milwaukee, and, and Brooklyn. So those three teams are the yeah. three teams that's, that's got to get that, that we're looking to come out the East. So I think anything short of the Eastern Conference Finals, um, look, look for one of those those two superstars to get traded. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, going to move along to another team that's close. That's actually a rival of the Sixers. Uh, going to move on to Boston. Uh, Boston has two young guys and Tatum and Brown that are playing very well. I think Tatum's actually playing probably the best right now of the tandem. Uh, you got Kimba, who is not yet played yet due to the knee injury. Um, we got a couple of new pieces with Tristan Thompson, uh, Jeff T. They're still trying to get integrated with what they do there. Um, where do you guys see them going uh, for this season? What do you think their ceiling is? Because they're not the best team outies. I don't think they're the best. However, they have they have potential to play with anybody and give anybody a hard series. Um, I'm gonna start with Eton this one. Uh, where do you think the Celtics are right now? What do you think they are for the uh, forecast for the season? Uh, I wouldn't have them in the top in the top two. You know, I would have Brooklyn ahead of them. I'd have Milwaukee ahead of them. Um, you know, I, I would probably put Philly ahead of them. And would I put Miami ahead of them? I might put Miami ahead of them as well, to be honest with you. So I think they're right after that. Um, I think they're a good team. I like how Jalen Brown has been playing. You know, I like Jason Tatum. I like the way that they've been, you know, doing everything. And Kimba hasn't even played yet. But I think that I think that that's where they are. I wouldn't put them above those other teams. You know, for me, for Boston, I think um, it's all about Kimball Walker. Um, you know, they're not talking about it a lot. Um, it started in the bubble last year. Um, and I mean, in the bubble where his knee started to really give him problems and he misses a significant amount of time. And now he's starting to miss a significant amount of time. So it's some things that are probably not telling the, the public, <coughs> excuse me, on, on how, how hurt he really is. So I can't really judge how far they can go until they get to full strength. I do love to pick up a Tristan Thompson. They need some toughness inside, a rebounder. That was a, a great pickup. Um, it, the, the games I've watched early on in the season, um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have been terrific, look like all-stars. Both of the guys are scoring the basketball at a very, very high level. Um, but Marcus Smart hasn't been the same guy that we saw in the bubble. Marcus was great in the bubble, uh, kind of developed a jump shot. He was making shots, got better offensively. He's not the same guy. I got him a little higher than you, Ethan, um, than you, Eton. I think that they're, they're better than Miami. 
Um, I got it in my top four uh, just because their ability to score the basketball when Kimber's um, healthy. They got three guys that can get it done on, on any given night. Um, but if they're healthy, they're, they're in the mix. They're, they're, they're definitely in the mix to, to, to come out the East. Um, but they got a good foundation. You know, that foundation is strong. Gay just maxed out uh, Tatum. So both of those guys will, will be there for the next three, four years. So you got great wings. Um, Marcus Smart is still young. He, you know, he's in the prime of his career. So they got, they got some pieces there. Um, will they ever get back, you know, to championship level? You know, I don't know about that. Um, but they're right there. Um, if they can get healthy, I can't really make a fair assessment to Kimber Walker comes back, but they're in the top four. I like to pick up uh, Tristan uh, Thompson as well. I think he has that grit. You know what I'm saying? He understands he's been on the championship team for the most part, so he understands the grind. He understands the, the impact that he brings to the game and, and, and what's needed to win games. The one the one player, I, and I just, I don't know, you keep popping up, Drew Holiday. I just wish maybe the Celtics could have got him. I like his size. I like what he brings to a team, able to run, you know what I'm saying, making it easy for those for Jalen and, and, and Tatum, you know what I'm saying, make it easy for them. Also, his ability to defend and score the ball, and it gives them size at just that point guard position. You know what I'm saying? I love Kemba. He can score the ball. Uh, I just think, too, just Drew, I just think he might. they might have just elevated themselves a little bit more just having him at the point guard position, you know what I'm saying, with the pieces that they already have. But it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, now that Kemba, he got a taste of what it's like, you know what I'm saying, to be playing in the playoffs and – and go as far as they did, you know, maybe it was just a shock to him as well. But now, I mean, we'll see if he's ready for it for another opportunity to, to go off, to go all the way. Yeah, I like Drew Holiday, to be honest with you, going to Milwaukee, though. Um, I, but I'm, a, I'm high on Drew. So I, th- I, think he's, I, think he's, I think he was a, a key player and would have changed things for Boston the same thing, the way I think he's changed things for Milwaukee. I'm a, I thought he was great while he was down in New Orleans. You know what I mean? I, right, thought, yeah. I think he's one of those underrated players where people don't appreciate all the stuff that he really does on the basketball court and, you know, what he means to a team. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of his as well. Now, do y'all think that Danny Ainge didn't maximize all those picks? Because about five, six years ago, he had a boatload of picks uh, from the Brooklyn trade. And at the end of the day, they have the two main guys, Tatum and Brown, from it. Uh, There's other possibilities. They could have made some trades. They could have got other guys. They could have drafted other guys. Do you think he maximized the value of those, with those picks, or do you think he left something on the table with those picks? Well, everybody knows I'm not a Danny Ainge fan, so he's not one of my favorite people in the world. But <laughs> I have to give him. I have to give him credit. Um, he's done a terrific job of keeping the Celtics one, of uh, putting that team together in '08 and posing them, you guys win the championship. Um, and basically taking that big three and making that run with the big three and being very successful getting to the finals and make a deep run to the trade. When he traded Kevin and Paul and, and got those picks, and he's done a good job of keeping the organization um, very, very competitive. Um, it's been very, I don't think in his tenure, they haven't been a competitive team that we talked about making a deep run. So he's drafted well. I mean, you're not going to hit a home run every time. But when you're able to, you know, land a, a Kyrie Irving, um, Isaiah Thomas was a great surprise, even though he didn't do he didn't do right by Isaiah. Um, Isaiah had an a unbelievable year. Um, so he's done a terrific job. I mean, he's, like I said, I'm not a big fan, but uh, as far as basketball op- operations and putting the team in a good space and, 
and making sure that they had uh, did well with their picks. I mean, when you got an all-star like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown can, can possibly be an all-star. Marcus Smart, I think, even came from those picks too. Um, so you, you, he's drafted well. You, you got to give him a lot of credit. He's he done a good job. Now, where he did drop the ball at, he let Gordon Hayward walk out the door for free. You don't let a guy walk out the door for free like that and to have value like he did. So he did drop the ball on that situation. But prior to that, he's done a good job. I mean, you brought up the Isaiah Thomas situation, though, man. That situation, I was was pissed. I was like, oh, how they going to do my man like that? I mean, going Mm -hmm. back to it, you know, and I I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I was watching him, and, they, you know, he lost his sister. And then he came back and played for them during the playoffs and sacrificed all of that stuff, and they traded him that summer. Yes. Like, that summer. I was like, oh, man. And that's just when – you know, you really, when you always hear how people are like, you know, players aren't loyal to a team and, you know, players have to, you know, this, that, and the other, you see things where teams do things like that. I, you know, I'm like, man, y'all should never say that. Y'all should never say that because nobody talks about the team not being loyal to the player. I promise you I'm not going to go on a tangent though. Y'all, y'all go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. All right, I'll leave it, leave Leaving Bing Town, we're gonna take it over to the to the Brooklyn. Where Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? You got KD, Kyrie. You know everybody's been waiting to see what they got going on. You know, what I'm saying how it's gonna fare out. Right now they're sitting four and four. Uh, they already had a couple uh, a game or two off early in the season. Uh, do they stay healthy? And what do you see them doing as far as you know in that East? Are they one of the top teams? Yeah, they look good to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I was one of those people who were a little doubtful for it, you know, coming in. Uh, you know, I was like, I don't know how this is going to work. You know, especially when he, when Kyrie was like, we don't really have no coach. We're just going to kind of coach by committee or whatever he said. I was like, well, that's not a good way to start, Kyrie. But the games I've watched, man, they look good. Kyrie looks great. You know what I mean? They're vibing. I like the whole team. The others, you know, Shaq always talks about the others on the team. All the others are playing well. They have the, a deep bench. They have guys that are off the bench that could be starters. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't say enough good things about them. I, I mean, I don't care what their, what their uh, record is. Just seeing them as a team, I see them as the number one team in the East. I got to agree with you. I got them as my number one team in the East to get to the finals. Uh, Kevin Durant, you know, obviously you want to see, make sure he comes back and he's the same Durant. And he is definitely the same Durant. Um, and he's only going to get better. You got to remember this guy had two years off. So we got to remember he's going to get better and better as the season goes along. Uh, Kyrie, they got they got probably the most talented offensive team in the league. Well, at least in the Eastern Conference they do. Um, my thing that I worry about um, with Brooklyn is defensively. Um, how good can they be defensively? Um, when you watch – I watched the Washington. We talked about it earlier. I saw some a lot of glaring weaknesses on the defensive end. Kyrie's um, got posted up a ton um, mm-hmm. in that in that game, and they went at him a little bit. Um, the interior is Jared Allen, um, DeAndre Jordan. Which one are you going to go with? Um, Jared Allen uh, turned down money. Um, another guy that turned down money. Um, so he's a, he's playing for a contract. Are you going to go with him? He had a huge game yesterday. Um, so they got they got some things, and then Dinwiddie, Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, I feel bad for him. Um, they yeah. losing him. He's a, he's a he's a big piece to what they have, and and um, 
but sometimes that helps a little bit because Lavert is a big time player. Um, so you got him too. So they loaded. I like I like Brooklyn as when you got two guys that can get it done on any given night. Um, two guys that can close games out. Two of our better better finishers in 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 the league. They can close games out. They're going to be very difficult to beat. And if Kevin Durant continues to get better, stays healthy, and get back to the level that he was playing at at Golden State, and it's going to come. I mean, he's already playing good. So imagine how good he's going to be 30 games into the season. Um, so they, they are my number one team right now. You think they have enough defense to get to the finals because they've been getting up a lot of points. And if you look at the roster – Outside of their big guys, it's not a lot of defenders on that roster that are known for getting stops. Do you think they need to go out and get a piece, or do you think they have enough there to make it happen? Well, that's that Steve Nash got a decision to make, and that's where I don't like Dan Tony sitting on the bench with me, next to me. Um, I would probably prefer more of a defensive-minded coach as my head assistant, you know, <laughs> right next to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would have rather. I would have rather had a defensive-minded coach because if I'm, if I'm talking to my coach, the post can probably answer this better than me because he's been in these meetings before. But late in games, do you go with Joe Harris on the floor or do you put a defensive guy in the game? You know, do you go with your five best offensive players? Do you go with the centers that can make stops? Those are decisions that Steve Nash is going to have to make. And, you know, that, we'll see if he's going to be able to handle those decisions. But um, – they got. I saw that they going after their uh, what's this five point seven million exemption that they get disabled exemption they'll be able to get. I think that should be a defensive guy. That should be a, a either a defensive wing or even adding another uh, a defensive point guard. You got to get some more defense. I do agree with you on that. Um, but that's going to be based on Steve because they're going to have decisions to make late in games. Do you go with your offensive group or do you keep a couple defensive players on there and? I don't know. This is Steve's first go at it. We'll see what happens. But I think the good thing about them is that they have options and they have different different um, personnel that they could put on the floor depending on what they want at that time. So you mm-hmm. mentioned Joe Harris. You know he he's a he's a bucket from three. You know so if you so so if you need that and you saw during the game against Washington where KD was telling them shoot the ball like shoot the ball like what do you do like he's telling him. Shoot a damn ball. You know what I mean? Like you, like he kept saying it because when he shoots it, that ball's going in. So that's just part of the the, the draw up. And, and, you know, especially in the, in the game right now, you need a three-point shooter like that just sitting at the corner just waiting for you to give him give a ball. Now, on on if I was the other team, I would attack him every time down the court. You know what I mean? Because he doesn't move his feet well. He doesn't, but he's good at what he does. So to your point, um, they're going to have to take him out of the game sometimes if somebody's going at him the way that they should be going at him um, if they if they have a mismatch. But like you said, if they can get a defensive player, I mean, especially on the wing, I think they will be a complete team. Like what, yeah. what weaknesses do they have if they get a defensive player? Because really, as far as the two big men, you know, yeah, they're going to be, you know, DeAndre Jordan, Jared, which one will play, but they'll be interchangeable. I mean, you'll be able to play them interchangeable all season. So that's their only deep, their only weakness is the defensive, you know, player on the perimeter. So they get that. I mean, I mean, with Joe Harris, and, you, and I, I think the matchups will be, you know what I'm saying, during that, you talk about late game, will be very important as well. But you still got two bucket getters in Kyrie and KD. So 
with that, you know what I'm saying, Joe really doesn't have to be on the floor because they could do it, you know, they can score any way you want to. They can, they can take it to the rack, mid-rank or three-point, you know, or, or the three-point shot. Therefore, now you bring the defender. Now, now he has to be a respectable shooter because if he's not respectable, you know, he just playing defense then, of course, that's another body that, that a defender that they got to worry about. So as long as he's, he's a, a solid three-point shooter, of course, I mean, you're going to pick your poison at the end of the day. And, you know what I'm saying, with that, but you still have Kyrie and KD that's capable of just still making things happen where that defender probably won't be a factor. He just got to be respectable at, at the end of the day. But Joe Harris, he been to, he came a long way because he was in Cleveland and wasn't sure if the young fella was going to make it. You know what I'm saying? But he found his niche. He found a team that loved him. He'd been working hard. Now he got it. You know, he got his money. So he, he's sitting a little comfortable and everything. Now he's on a team, a championship, you know, team in a sense. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm happy for Joe. So like I said, down the stretch, it's just going to be that matchup and who they're playing at the end of the right. day. But he's, he can shoot the hell off the ball. What do you think about LaVert? Because I've been impressed with him. But then at other times, I don't know. You know what I mean? And sometimes I'm like, well, bro, you, you're not Kyrie now. You can't take every shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I mean but, but you got to think, think, too. Uh, yeah. He, he uh, I mean, he's came a long way, too. You talk about his uh -huh. injury. He came back. He got his little groove back. He's been killing. He, he was scoring. And even when those guys weren't playing, he was holding the fort down for him. You know he what I'm saying? All you was hearing about was, was Levert. You know that's what I'm true. saying? And that's what they had. So, of course, right now, his confidence is high, which it yeah. should be. And yeah. I think, I mean, it's a good mixture. Uh, I mean, it's a solid piece for him as well. And I don't want to bring it up, but they talk about, you know, Harden to 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 Brooklyn. You do that. That's, that's one happen, of the, I, but I'm just, you know. Yeah, but if, if it I'll does, that'll be one of the pieces <laughs> that they had to get rid of at the end of the day. But for Levert, I think he's, I mean, he's held it down. He's came a long way. And he's proven himself that he can, he can be that guy to a degree. And now you just add him in a mix with KD and Kyrie. I mean, that's just that's just another weapon with confidence that that you have. That team that's going to have to you know stay healthy. Um, you got to have to really take care of their bodies. Steve Nash got to be really you know in tune to that and making sure those guys get through the season to get ready for that run for the playoffs. They're going to be very difficult to beat. You guys hit touched on it. They got everything. Um, they got all the pieces and they got two closers. And to touch on what you talk about, Etan, uh, I just wanted to say I just watched the Lakers. And I watched the Lakers be able to, to actually take defense over offense. And that's why Dwight Howard and, Anthony, you know, was so good. He allowed Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard to both be on the floor together. And they just took that. That's why I was just thinking about can Brooklyn make that sacrifice and, you know, maybe have a little less offense on the floor at times, have a little less offense on the floor at times to sacrifice for that. So that's, that, that's why I made that statement. But I, I do believe, I do believe Brooklyn, is is the best team in the East, and there'll be a team you have to go through when you want to get to the finals. Agreed. All right, we got the last team out East that we haven't covered yet. Uh, they've come up short last couple of years. They've been the favorite going into the offs. Uh, Going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Giannis extended. They bring in Drew Holiday. They have the botched trade for Bogdanovich. Um, where do we stand with them? What's your thoughts about them? And uh, you know what what's the deal with them? Well, I like to start this off. I got. I think one, they should have a chip on their shoulder. Mm -hmm. um, after getting upset in the playoffs, they should have a chip on their shoulder. And to me, this is all about Giannis. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks did their job as far as adding some pieces to their team um, to make them a better team. I love the Bobby Porter's pickup. Obviously, the holiday pickup was huge. 
Um, you know, so they've done their job. Uh, even Forbes, the pickup of Forbes was huge. So they've got shooters. They got everything around him. And a lot of people thought I was crazy. And it's tough to say this about a two-time MVP, but he got to get better. You know, Giannis has to get better. He got exposed against the Miami Heat. Um, he has to get him a 15-foot jump shot or either a post-up game. Not necessarily worry about the three-point shot. Everybody can't be a great three-point shooter. He's, you know, it's nice to step out every now and then and make a couple of games. But he has to get a mid-range game. He has to get a post-game. And I think it was funny to talk, hear people talk about, oh, they should add this with Giannis. He should go play with this guy. No, Giannis need to get better himself. It ain't about him playing with somebody else. He's good enough to get it done. I don't think he's a 30-point scorer. I think that's putting a lot on him. I think Chris Middleton has to be a little bit more selfish. He showed that in the games that Giannis missed in the playoffs, that he can be that one, that, that guy that will get you 25 or 30 on any given night. You got Holiday. So you got other scores on the team. It's not necessary that he has to get 30. I think Giannis needs to focus in on some other things, being a great defensive player that, he, that we know he can be. Um, and locking down other teams' superstar. And then, I don't know what it is. It may be a phobia or something like that. He got to get better from the free throw line, guys. You can't have it in his hands late, and, and he doesn't make free throws. You know, we saw early already early in the season, he got fouled for the uh, the, the game and, and missed it. So he's got to get better um, on the free throw line. But they're right there. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Brooklyn and, and you know what I'm saying, and get to the finals. Um, that's not far-fetched. They're right there. But I, I want to see if they got that chip on their shoulder. They should have that chip on their shoulder. They should be going to get there. And um, they got the pieces around them. It's all on Giannis now. They got the pieces around them now. We can see if he can get over that hump. I think that one of the things that, that they need is they need to knock down shots. And if they're knocking mm. down shots, then it makes Giannis be able to do his thing. If they're not knocking down shots, then any team would do exactly what Miami did last year, which is they went almost to the Syracuse zone and like was like had it clogged up because they weren't knocking down shots. And then Giannis couldn't go anywhere. It's funny because, you know, like my, my son, you know, we play 2K and, and Milwaukee is his team. And that's what I do. I pack it inside <laughs> to not let him dribble down and you know what I mean? Because he's just going to come down the middle and just be dunking all over the place. But if they can have guys that knock down shots from the outside, but if they don't, then it's not going to work. And any team is going to be able to zone up. I mean, Giannis is not going to get a consistent jump shot by by the time, you know, he's just not not this year. You know, that's not his strength. Now, he – but if he's able to operate and move and stuff like that, shoot, he'll score 40 just <laughs> dunking on you and, and Euro-stepping all over the place. But they need guys to knock down shots. I think that's, I yeah. think that's more – of what needs to happen um, in order for them to be successful. I don't think it's as much as Giannis, because Giannis can, is doing what he's doing, but he can't do it if guy's not knocking down shots because he don't have no room to operate in the way that he produces. But I just thought last, I thought last year they had they had shooters guys that could shoot the ball. They was I missing. I, they was they missing, missing right? at, at crucial you, time. You, they was missing. Yeah, you, you got you got to make. Yeah. I like you, Holiday. I think I think now I think with Giannis. For him, you know, his his pace, his rebounding ability, and him able to push the ball in the open floor, I, I think that's great. But when things slow down, I think they have to have more of a, you know, an offense that, that sort of get him in that mid-post range where he he's not working as hard, 
and hopefully with Drew Holiday, you know what I'm saying, like late game, of course late game, you know, you you had a pick and roll option there, but still have enough movement where he's not working so hard getting to the basket where, you know, he's not a great jump shot. Maybe, you know, maybe less dribbles. Like I said, mid-post catches, you know, now it's easy back downs, turnaround jump shots or little hook shots here and there, and then you still have your shooters on the outside. But you space the floor where, you know, teams are backing up and he don't have that much space to room. That's because of that. You know what I'm saying? So the shooters don't really work if, you know what I'm saying, at the, at the end of the day, you know, he's he, if they take that away from him. So I just hope that, like, late game, they figure it out where they can have the best of both worlds. Middleton, he's able to score. Giannis, he's able to take over and be, you know what I'm saying, the, the MVP and the special player that he is. So that's something they hopefully they'll figure out in Drew Holiday and help him. Yeah, I agree. How do y'all feel about Chris Milton being the go-to guy down the stretch? Because he can at least get his own shot, and he's a guy that can hit the three-point shot if necessary. Do y'all feel that is a something that they should look into going forward, or do you think it has to be Giannis? I don't know. Yeah, I think whoever can knock down the outside shot has to do it consistently, and that will open it up for Giannis to do his thing. Man, that's that's I'm, what I think. I'm not a I'm not a, a big analytical guy. I don't get into that, but Chris Middleton a 40, 50, 90 guy. So I don't think that's a bad option. You know what I mean? And and he showed me a lot. The games that Giannis missed in the playoffs, he showed me that he's got the capability of making big shots late. He makes his free throws. Um, so that may be an option. There's nothing wrong with your best player being a decoy sometimes, too. You know what I mean? But you know. And we saw great superstars struggle from the free throw line. Hell, LeBron struggles from the free throw line sometimes. So we've seen that. But for Giannis, it was, you know, it's, it's getting to a point that it could possibly be a problem. You know what I mean? We don't want that. It's become a 50% free throw shooter. So you want to, you know, you want to start to get that thing back up to at least seven. Um, and he's, he's got the capability to do that. He works hard. All right. So look, so now we, we just finished up that East over there. So who y'all got? Give me y'all top eight. And who y'all got coming out? Oh, hey, strong. I'm going to go. My top is I got Brooklyn one. Yep. Um, Milwaukee two. Uh-huh. Philly three. Boston four. Miami five. Indiana six. Atlanta seven. Mm. And Orlando eight. Orlando. That's my. I got I got everything the same except for I got the Wizards over Orlando in the eighth spot. Yeah, well, they got just got you living in the area, big dog. <laughs> I mean, I, I got the Wizards. Hey, I'm betting on your man Westbrook. I'm a Westbrook fan okay. too. I, I think I think I, as far as those two, the Wizards in Orlando, I got the Wizards going over there. Okay. I right, we take it. All right, so moving out west. Man, listen, listen, y'all. Listen, I gotta actually roll. I was gonna say I, you know, I had to do a part two with the with the West Coast, so I gotta put the I, I was you know, with the cherry, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we on the we, we on the phone. I, 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 we definitely gotta do the West. The West is juicy. Yeah, let's come. Let's uh, come back and do the West a different time. Yes. so we can so we can spend all the time with it like we did with the East. I appreciate it. All right, y'all. y'all. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Ian, thank you for listening to the postcast. Uh, as a reminder, this is po- this is powered by basketballnews.com. And don't forget to listen to all of our other podcasts on all your favorite listening platforms out there. 
presenting sponsor of the postcast is greensupply.com. With everything going on in the world, it is more important than ever to stay safe. At greensupply.com, you can purchase masks, hand sanitizer, and other important health and wellness products all in stock with same-day shipping. Best of all, listeners can get 10% off their order when using the promo code POSEY at checkout. That's P-O-S-E-Y. For 10% off your order of KN95 or cloth mask, hand sanitizer, or other supplies like forehead thermometers and UV boxes. Visit greensupply.com. That's greensupply.com today.